This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. everybody to wrestling omakase it is episode number 82 uh i know we took a little bit longer off than we usually do maybe about like i guess like eight or nine days but don't worry you're gonna get like two episodes this week i think so lucky lucky you um but i'm here i'm joined by a returning guest hello skylar hi how's it going pretty good um I think this is this. I'd have to really like comb through the archives to see, but this might be the first time where I've had back to back weeks with a guest that I've met in person. So I'd <laughs> have to really. This, this is the really first dig. episode where it's just us. So that's. Oh, oh yeah, that's true. That's it's a lot more social pressure on me. So, yeah, fingers crossed in that respect. I never would have guessed that until you said it. I don't know why. Yeah. It's yeah, normally I'm on like something where because I was on like a draft episode, I was on an awards episode, lots of me just like listening to people and occasionally chiming in. That yeah. was nice. That's actually, a lot less pressure. Do you know what I do you know what I just realized? It's actually three weeks in a row because technically I met Kevin Brown for like half a second at a Ring of Honor uh like fucking baseball stadium show. So like I don't even know if he remembers that because it was so fucking quick. But there you go. So really, uh, really got the the in person vibes going here. I don't yep. know what that, I don't know what that means, but yeah, um, I saw you at Oticon last year. You actually got to go to the con this year, Sky. I'm, I'm I'm considering it. My uh, my convention uh, my convention budget is yeah at least one percent of yours because you seem <laughs> to go to like twenty a year. I'm going. Can you believe I'm only going to like three this year? I think. I mean, I can't believe it. That's the normal person. That's three <laughs> times the amount a normal person goes to. So. Last year, because my normal, I mean, usually I have like four that I would normally go to every year, but Anime Next, which is like the New Jersey one, 
is during my Japan trip. So that's like the uh, most weeaboo reason of all time to not go yeah, to exactly. Japan, <laughs> <laughs> to Japan, but that's how it is. So, yeah. <laughs> but you're yeah, going, like you're going to be there like around like what, like best of super juniors final or something. Yeah. So I, I should be, I don't know the exact dates yet. I did book a bunch of Airbnbs, but I didn't book the, book the flights yet, but I should be there like June 2nd or 3rd through like June 16th. So I should I'll definitely be there for best of the super junior final and for Dominion, which is cool. I mean, I, I can't with this idea to do this before they even announced the best of the super junior final was in fucking sumo hall this year. So when they announced that, I was like, Oh shit. Like, well, I, lo- I kind of lucked out on that one, but yeah, that, that could go, be pretty cool. And I get to go to just get to go to sumo hall and, you know, Osaka Joe hall in like four days. That's pretty cool. But they also announced Tokyo Joshi Pro. I'll be able to go to the Princess of Princess Cup <laughs> on, oh, the, man. Uh, on the 8th at uh, Shinkiba. I don't think it's the finals. I think it... Well, no, it could be the finals, actually, because it's the 1st and the 8th. So it might be the finals. Um, But yeah, I think there's there's like a Dragon Gate cork in that first week, which I'll go to, even though I don't... I haven't really watched Dragon Gate like at all lately. Um. There really isn't a ton of other things announced. My big thing is I really, really want to go to All Japan because that's like the last company left I've never gone to, you know, like the last yeah, one yeah. that's big at all. And like, I, it just never worked out. Well, two years ago, they had a Korokin, but it was the same night as like my favorite band's concert. And I really want to see that fucking band really bad. So, or three years ago now, what am I saying? So that didn't work out that time. And two years ago, they just were nowhere near us. They were like, in fucking Fukuoka. Or in, which, yeah, wherever. <laughs> yeah, it's like four and a half hours from Tokyo. It would have been really, really bad to get, try to get yeah. there. Well. And so I'm hoping and praying. Like, the June schedule's not out yet. I'm just like, if you could just run somewhere. I will go, if I have to go to, like, fucking Sendai or something, like, something reasonable within, like, two hours, I'll, I'll probably fucking do it at this point. Yeah. But like it just watch them be like like oh we're uh, we're in fucking Okinawa <laughs> fuck you <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uncle June's gonna call you up and say that you've betrayed all Japan <laughs> uh, uh yeah so we'll see I guess I mean I'm looking at the historical like tours they like the last few years on Cage Match they sh- maybe should be somewhere around I think it's like the Dynamite series or some shit that, yeah yeah you yeah. know. So we'll hope. I'm hoping. Um, but yeah, that was about the, my cons. Last year, I went to like an insane number of cons because I think I went to Anime Expo, which I'd never done before. That was my first time of doing that. So I guess that brought me to five. And, and oh, and that, and that fucking fake thing at, that New York Comic Con did. That was oh, awful. Oh, God. Yeah. It's yeah, funny because I remember the entire week you were like saying like, oh, I'm going to go to this cool thing. And then I remember seeing like news stories about it. It was like a huge, <laughs> like a monstrosity where it's just like no one could hear anything. Nothing was happening. Yeah. The New York, it was like New York. I, I don't know what the fuck they called it. It was a New York Comic Con and Anime Expo putting this thing on together. and was awful. Like, I think I actually talked about it on here last week. But yeah, it really sucks. So I'm probably not going to go to that again this year if they run it. They even bother running it. But it was, you know, I mean, I, I left it for like two hours and just hung out with my friends in New York. So it's never a bad time, I guess. Yeah. Just I just gave them $50 for no reason to do it. Because <laughs> I had a Sunday badge, too, and I just didn't even go. Because it's like, like pretty much three other people I was with all had Sunday badges, and we all left like, yeah, are you, are you going to go tomorrow? And we're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck. Like, are you kidding? But, yeah, it was... uh. 
It was that was pretty terrible. But so probably a more normal human being amount of cons this year. Only only three. So yeah, I won't I, judge if you, you for this. <laughs> if you do come to Otakon, hopefully they give me a panel again. Hopefully about Japanese wrestling like they did last year. We'll see. Yeah, well, I was at I was at Magfest uh, the first weekend of January, and there was a Japanese wrestling panel, but it was at like three a.m. on Thursday night. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. "There's no way I'm going to go to this." Oh you, oh, you went to Magfest this year? Yeah. Oh, cool. I I never gone. I've always like heard from people who go, but I don't know. I just never. I, I oh, it's like a video game con, right? So like I never. Yeah, it's was, like, like it's like music and video games. Okay. So there's like there's like lots of live music that's like ostensibly from video games. But I mean, it's a con. You pretty much get what you expect. They yeah. also Xavier Woods did a Q and A this year in a Windjammers <laughs> tournament, which was a little funny. He was dressed as Parappa the Rapper, which was cool. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I've always I I probably should go somewhere because I've always assumed I don't know like I never would have thought it would be my thing just from hearing about it but like every like you know anime con person goes to it that I know yeah so it's like much- one of those cons that are like so big that's just like it hits every single cross section of fan yeah pretty much and I love music games and I know they have all that stuff there like yeah the games and stuff but um. But yeah, so that was con talk for some reason. Probably three people enjoyed that, and everybody else was like, "What the fuck are you guys doing?" But yeah, um, what we're actually here talking about is the Royal Rumble, and DDT's um, got Sweet Dreams, right? That yeah, Sweet Dreams, twenty nineteen. Corkin, I never remember the name of this fucking Corkin. That's my that's my fake fan uh, admission, I guess. I just I just know like the date. I will say there, there's one that's like really funny. What the fuck is it? Oh, no, I'm not gonna. Now I can't remember it. There's one I can. I, I'm about to say I can never forget, but now I forgot it. I so liked I the. Guess. I liked. Was it the Tokyo Joshi shows that were like the hot yeah, guys? Hot, hot guys in Osaka. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I remember that. I mean, Tokyo Joshi had like hot guys in Osaka. It had like, um, oh god, something about like no, not sweet dreams. That's DJ. We just covered that. Um, I don't know. These show titles are wacky. There's a, there's a DDT one, though, that I'm really just, like, it's going to bug me forever because I know it's a funny one. I remember when that guy said it and, like, the announcer said it, I almost, like, cracked up laughing. But <laughs> I really can't remember what it is now, so. But, yeah, so we're going to talk about that show, too. The DDT Sweet Dreams. That's a January 27th Corican. The last Corican before Judgment. Also, there's also the Muscle Show, which I believe has one match. <laughs> yeah, it's a retirement match. Right? Yes, that is it, and that's the only thing on Muscle Mania 2019 to Maria Goku. Um, so there you go. I don't know what the fuck that show. Have you both seen the website by the way for the Muscle Show? No, I haven't. So, <laughs> I'm intrigued so now, though. It's like the it's it basically looks like it was made in Angel Fire. It's I, I guess on purpose to do this, but it's pretty incredible. Uh, I definitely would say check that out. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to to see whatever whatever becomes <laughs> of that. <laughs> it's gonna I mean, be, it could be anything at this point. Yeah, but but I mean, like DDT Judgment, definitely a pretty cool car, which we'll go into after we cover the DDT show. Um, yeah, there's some pretty cool shit coming up, DDT. But before we get to that, let's talk about the Royal Rumble, the World Wrestling Entertainment pay-per-view extravaganza um so first of all i have to say just you know i have to throw this out there now in case 
in case I say anything where it's like, John, what what are you talking about? Don't you know? Blah, 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 blah. Like, I actually, like, I have not watched any WWE, really, since SummerSlam last year. So if any of this stuff has just gone, like, completely over my head, I've seen, like, literally three matches since SummerSlam. I think I saw the last two matches of Survivor Series, and I watched Brian AJ. No, four matches, I guess. Because I watched Brian AJ and TLC because people wouldn't shut up about it, as as almost every WWE match people wouldn't shut up about it. It was good, but not that good. And I saw the main event of Hell in a Cell, which was really fucking funny. Oh, yeah. But that's what it. a great pick. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good... I turned that on live. I'm like, I really kind of want to know what the fuck's going to happen here. And, you know, I've liked Roman Braun matches in the past, and then, like, that happens. <laughs> so, yeah. That's something. usually what gets me to tune in. Like, I will watch like in preparation for this because i do my homework i like just watch like all of the a bunch of tv matches in a row but i just skip like anything but the actual matches themselves because yeah. i'm just like i'm not gonna nothing useful is gonna come from like watching like a 20 minute promo of, like drew mcintyre versus seth rollins <laughs> i did watch some of the the brian eco warrior promos which we might talk about later i watched some of them on youtube i don't know if you've seen those they're they're not good. I don't get why people. All right, like, I'm glad we're on the same. I, I was like tiptoed around there because I'm like I don't know if we're on the same no. page here or not. I, they fucking yeah, we'll, suck. We'll bury what needs to get buried on this show. <laughs> like people were trying to defend it in my mentions earlier. I'm just like, nah, they're they're bad. Don't show it. Like Daniel yeah. Bryan's a very good professional wrestler. Okay, yes, it doesn't mean eco terrorist Daniel Bryan is a great idea. But anyway, okay, let's get. I guess we just go match by match. But I just want to throw that out there first. Like in case I sound anything, I say anything that sounds like really stupid, you know. Like, also, oh, you obviously. do just you do just like hate WWE. I feel <laughs> like that could be like that could just be the disclaimer. Like by the way, I do despise what? this. I, <laughs> I didn't even hate this show. I thought this this show had two awesome matches. I mean, I don't. Okay, do you think I'm maybe maybe this is the wrong question? If I don't think I say WWE sucks, even when you know. It's good. No, I think you give credit when it's due. Yeah, I mean when they, which is occasionally, (laughs) they do very little. I'm, I I guess I can be upfront. You're right. I do hate them. They do very little that I like. That's fair, I guess. When they do do stuff I like, I have no problem praising them. I'm not like, you know, gonna be out here being like, well, they gave money to the Saudi, so the Trump fundraiser, the Trump fundraiser. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I get all that. Believe me, and it's, it's a reason why they suck, but. If the matches are good, I'm still gonna say they're good. I don't know. Some people obviously just don't even want to go that far, and I get I get it from their perspective. But um, I just don't care for the way that they present professional wrestling generally, which is totally separate from you know the Trump fundraiser and all that shit. But anyway, so this show though wasn't really that bad, and like um, you know, I guess before we get into match by match, like I mean, the big problem with the show was that it was fucking long as shit. Yes, it it was just, I think, I honestly think that the length could have been hidden a little bit better with some of this match sequencing changed up a little bit. Yeah, Because that, to me, is like the big problem with this show, where the matches were just laid out in like a really terrible way. Also, half of the agents, I feel like that's like the dirty secret of WWE is that a lot of their problems come from their matches are just agented horribly. Yeah, there's one in particular that I don't know if you're agreeing with me on or not. But that I think the agents did the two of them a really poor job because I assume it's their fault for how they laid out the match. 
But, well, I mean, when we get to it, we'll get to it. But, like, just like you're saying, the layout was bad. I mean, look, this show, if you're like me and you're a sane person, you turn it on seven, you know, when you should turn on WWE show, if you pretend the pre-show doesn't exist, then it was five fucking hours, okay? Like, I remember, I do remember people complaining about the length of Russell Kingdoms when they were, like, around five hours or more. And those those shows were, like, paced better than this. I hate to say it. Um, yeah. You know, if you tuned in at fucking 5 p.m. for the pre-show, this was a seven-hour show. There is exactly uh. one company. <laughs> there's exactly one company that I trust to do a six or seven-hour show, and they're the other company we're going to talk about later. And they might do one in November, by the way, because yes, that, and it'll that, probably that, be really good. <laughs> it'll probably be awesome. But look, they're the one company I trust to pull that off. And I don't know, WWE. There's just. Everything has like a sameness to it, first of all. I mean, that's always yeah. been a problem with them going back like 30 fucking years. So like when these shows now are so fucking long and everything feels the same, it does just start to feel like, please get me the fuck out of here. Whereas a DDT show that's like six hours long, you know, if you watch the pre-show or whatever, that at least you're like, you know, you might get like a six-woman tag with, you know, Takumi Aroha in it. And then you might get like, a giant panda fighting something like that. These are very different things, you know? Yeah. So, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird that WWE got this reputation as being like a true variety show promotion. <laughs> when in reality, they're really not. Yeah. All their matches feel very similar. All their yeah. wrestlers are like presented in very similar ways. They really like, I can get that maybe at one point, I mean, even as recently as like the ruthless aggression era married, maybe they were that, but the way they, no, the ruthless, their product, they were ruthless aggression era, they weren't. Mm-mm. It, it's just, you know, at this point, they are just so, so stagnant in terms of production, in terms of the way the matches flow and stuff. They just have, they're like, you know, you can go to any indie in the United States and find a promotion better variety than WWE at this point. Yeah, I mean, the big, you know, like the, the people that get over immediately when they put them on TV and like put them out there are is pretty much anybody that's different. You know, yeah. like Asuka gets over because she's just Japanese, she's a Japanese lady. And how many Japanese ladies have WWE had and you know, 30 years, and she just kicks everybody's yeah. ass. You know, Andrade gets over because he's a luchador and doing this tranquilo thing. Brock gets over because he's the only person who gets to kill people. It's like the few people that really get to stand out are the few people that are, like, different in any way. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, um, so this show is very long. That's sin number one. But I want to say, because I'm sure I'm going to complain about a lot of things on the show, at least it had two matches that I thought were awesome. And that's more than I can say for like half the fucking pay-per-views I watched last year from this company. So it's not on the fucking level of, you know, backlash or money in the bank or I don't fucking know, extreme rules or I feel like I'm even forgetting some. <laughs> There's so many shitty shows. Yeah. Cell and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> there were so many shitty shows last year. Like this is nowhere near as bad as those. Um, yeah. And in general, the TV, at least from the matches, like I said, I watched basically every TV match leading up to this. Um, the TV hasn't been bad either. In general, the matches have been better, and that's what I care about. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they are on a conceivably positive trend upwards, but you can just never count on anything. It can change I, by the week. This, this, reminds me, this reminds me, too, by the way, that I totally forgot because you said the thing about uh, the TV. When I lied before when I said four matches. It's six matches because I watched those two Mysterio and Andrade TV matches. 
So yeah. there you go. Because I watched the regular one and the two out three falls one. I like the regular one better. The two out three falls one, like the they were both overhyped, and you know they were, but the regular one was like a four star match or three and three quarters that got overhyped, and the two out three falls one was like I don't know three and a quarter. Yeah, or something. I, I I enjoyed them both, but I find it difficult to like really get hyped around any <laughs> match because the people doing the hyping are just like <laughs> they'll so just in- rate any good match oh. <laughs> like like i try to be insane it's like like every single fucking match on wtv that's ever been good is like five stars the greatest rate someone actually tweeted the greatest rate match of all time i was like yeah. what the fuck <laughs> the greatest yeah. rate match of all time i'm like oh, jesus Christ. there's there are some matches where i you know i don't i've been accused of gatekeeping before i don't always i don't try to be a gatekeeper even though sometimes I think gatekeeping can be good. But <laughs> if you think Rey Mysterio versus Andrade, either one, was even close to his greatest match of all time, use your award-winning WWE Network and watch some <laughs> fucking Rey Mysterio matches. He's had better ones just in this company, okay? Yeah. Even if you First wanna- of all, even his his WWE run, because I, I know there was also a narrative that was like, oh, he wasn't good in WWE but he was great in WCW. He was like one of the greatest WWE baby faces of all time. <laughs> like yeah. he sort of has that like Liger reputation where because he doesn't have like those super classic, like all Japan style main event matches that people point to as like all time greats that people don't think of him as an all time great, but he's literally been like a great wrestler for th- 25 years. It's yeah. like, that does count for something. And, like, even if you want to just talk high-end, I mean, like, Ray and Angle from SummerSlam 02 is better than yeah. either Andrade match. And it's just, like, all the top of my head immediately, like, that one. There's, there's like, oh, God, there, what else is, like, there, he has, like, one other match that I can't I can't think of right now that was, like, wasn't he in that tag match? That really, really famous one? It's, like, Edge oh, yeah, and Ray, yeah, yeah, yeah. Edge and Ray yeah, against, yeah. like, Benoit and Angle or something? Yeah, that's all. Also, probably the best like edge match ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. There's just so many fucking like that whole SmackDown Six era. He was in like what, like ten matches, like probably higher than four and a half. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's just crazy. But, like, just just watch some shit. That's all I'm asking. If, yeah. if you want to say there, if if you don't want to watch all this Rey Mysterio stuff, maybe just say it's the best Rey Mysterio match I've ever seen, or the best Rey Mysterio match this year. Or like something that makes sense, not one yeah. of the greatest wrestlers of all times, best match ever. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's just that's just uh, me on that one. And obviously, it's not even talking like his WCW stuff, or you know, even I've seen some Ray Lucha. So like, come on. But yeah, <laughs> so Ray Mysterio and Andrade, that's a cool match that people need to shut the fuck up about. We're a Rumble. W SmackDown Women's Title, Asuka and Becky Lynch. Wait, uh, you're forgetting three wonderful pre-show matches. Oh, did you actually all. watch them? Uh, no, I watched them after the fact, <laughs> and I'll go through them real quick. The first one was, I don't know if you saw the first one. The first one is Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, who are a full-time tag team, versus Razor and Scott Dawson. I saw, of- the, I saw like the result, and I was like... I don't understand a single thing that's going on here, and I'm just gonna <laughs> just gonna like ign- completely ignore this match's existence. Well, you can ig- you can ignore it. <laughs> Nothing happens. So, Razor, going. who the fuck is Razor? He's one half of the fucking Authors of Pain. Yeah, because where the hell's the other injured. one? Akon oh, okay. is injured. Okay, okay. yeah, um, but uh, I don't know. They just sort of came out. I have no idea why this happened. Who the fuck's um, his partner? It, oh, Who's Scott? Uh, Dawson? Scott Dawson. He's one of the half of the revival. 
<laughs> so, it's, so it's like, yeah, so they like split up their heel teams to be like one heel team for this match. But I don't well, think why? I don't think Dash Wilder was hurt. So why not just do the revive? You know what? I'm sure it was like in a TV, <laughs> like a YouTube segment, and someone will like at me. It's like, how dare you forget <laughs> this like backstage this classic moment? Yeah, this classic moment. But yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't, it's really something. Yeah, it's, it's bad because also the Rusev Nakamura match on the pre show one had a title change because Nakamura won the US title back. Uh, yeah, they, two, showed like, us, they showed us that, they showed us that and the Cruiser title match on the Rumble. Like they showed yeah. the highlights of those two, but yeah. I, you would have no idea this first match existed. Like yeah. they were just like, they didn't even be like, oh, another match. They're just like, ah, oh, the, the pre show. So apparently the first match is like the pre pre show and it really doesn't count. Yes, non-canon. <laughs> non-canon. Yeah, uh, but that also set up like the Lana injury, which of course was like the finish of one of, one of the rumbles. Yeah, is directly related to that. So I guess they assume people were watching. Uh, yeah. And then well, they did show us. They showed us at the highlight, I guess. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. the cruisery match is good. Well, worth a watch. It would probably be like my third favorite match on the show. Yeah, uh, it sounds yeah. like it was probably good. Did you see Hideo changed his name on Twitter to Kenta, and everybody started freaking out. Oh, yes. You know, I, I was never, like, I, I guess I don't have a, like, visceral gut reaction to Kenta and WWE like other people do because I he just, like, wasn't my favorite of the Noah guys. And even though, like, I love that era of Noah, I was always more, like, you know, Segura. Like, it was just, like, he just wasn't my guy in the way he was for other people. Yeah, he was but, definitely my guy. So. Yeah, I feel that way about like Chris Hero. That's that's <laughs> my hail to die on. That's what I like fall asleep just like thinking about every night. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like everybody freaked out when he did that because it's like, is our is our baby gonna come home? Yeah, he's is coming he home to <laughs> WW to NXT Japan. Oh, like I want to present Noah. <laughs> I want to play. I want to play that song, that England, it's coming home song for the fucking World Cup or something about Kenta. Maybe well, that should be like that, the theme of the. Maybe that should be the theme of the episode. Well, there's someone else who comes out to wear the hood at, which was his old song and Noah. I think it's someone Basara. I forget who it was. Maybe yeah. Sparky, that team that was fighting against Abe and. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty sure they come out to wear the hood at. Yeah. So don't worry, his the torch has been passed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so the SmackDown Women's Title. Oscar versus Becky Lynch. Here's my one, uh, the, again, the one major complaint for this show, other than some specific match complaints of how long it is. Your best match on a five-hour show should not be the opener. <laughs> like, because that kind of, like, fades into memory at some point. But here, yeah. this was by far the best match of the show. Well, there's one match that's, well, I guess, kind of close, but this was awesome. Um, yeah. I had really high expectations going in, and still pretty much met them. Yeah, I... I, I really enjoy this. I get them doing it here because of, you know, based on the way where the Rimmons rumble is, I guess yeah. you have to do Becky first and stuff like that. But um, at least this was paced really well. Like it didn't go too long, but it felt like, you know, it felt like it had the gravitas of like your championship match with yeah, well, the most seven, over person in your company. <laughs> it went 17 minutes, which is actually yeah. more time than I thought they were going to get, especially when they came out there for the opener. So, yeah, you know, I was pretty, I, I was actually pretty happy the match time. I, when they came out for the opener, I was worried it was going to get like, you know, 10 minutes or something. So, yeah, um, it was just fucking, first of all, it was stiff as hell, which, you know, yes. I'm a, a Puro and Joshi Mark. I always appreciate a very stiff match. Well, stiffer than you expect for a WWE match. Um, 
<laughs> there was, at one point there was a fucking neckbreaker off the apron that looked just fucking brutal. Yes, I and, had a specific note in my spreadsheet about that one spot. <laughs> it's like just fucking oh, like that was just nasty. And the crowd, here's my I guess my one complaint about this match is the crowd could have been a lot more fucking into it. Like I don't know what the fuck they were doing. If it's just, you know, the crowd wasn't great all night. And, yeah, you know, I I figured because I've I've heard some rumblings that the crowd was like better in person. So it was held in a baseball stadium, yeah. which like if you think about like the Tokyo Dome too, it's just the way that the dome is built. It just like like big pops really, really die. Yeah. So sometimes you'll get like the sustained roar of a crowd, but those big pops for like a big move or for, you know, someone coming out for a rumble entrance, yeah. like you, you don't get the same pop. So it really like hurt a lot of a lot of the matches. Yeah, so so it could have been that, but like in general, I just just even compared to the next match, I didn't think they were as into this as they should have been. Um, but yeah, I mean, like this fucking it was brutal. They they traded holds, which I always enjoy, and you know, end up playing basically in the finish. But Oscar just like Oscar just fucking flat out out wrestled her, and you know when they started trading their their finishes back and forth, she had a counter. She got into that like weird cat emulation thing and fucking Becky tapped out. I was yeah. like, how I like when that happened, I was just flabbergasted. Cause it's like, I don't mean this in a bad way, but like, you know, with Becky and I, I, some people really hated that, you know, Becky just lost or whatever, which is fine, I guess. But I mean, she's won the fucking rumble. Who gives shit? Like that to me yeah. is like nitpicky bullshit, but <laughs> like, I'm just amazed that we just had a fucking WWE match and one person just fucking tapped out to the other, you know? I mean, like, I don't know. After maybe I'm yeah. just like delirious after sitting well, through a whole 2018 of like <laughs> these pay per views where every single match had like a worse finish than the last. But like I don't know. She she just countered her move and she tapped her out. It was great. Yeah. Well, WWE submissions always feel weird because they like they explicitly sort of paint it in like a cowardly light, like. In most promotions, it's involved, like, if you tap, it is just, like, you're surviving. It's like MMA, or, like, a lot of people criticize Lucha for having, like, super quick taps. But that's just, like, realistic, based on, like, how submissions actually work. Yeah. So, you know, when you go through, like, seeing Roman Reigns in tons of main events, and he's in submission holds, and you're like, well, he's never tapped in his career, and he never will, so why would he tap now? And it's like, sucks all the drama out of it. It makes it nice when it's, like, a top baby face can tap yeah. when it yeah, you know, when push comes to shove. I mean, there were, there, I mean, there were two tap out finishes on the show that I thought were just fucking fantastic, and this was yeah. definitely one of them. And yeah, I, I don't know. Just I was, you know, it's one of those moments where I'm like, she just carried the move and got a great submission and won. I mean, it was great. We were just talking about like the SmackDown Six stuff. Like that's you know that's like how Kurt Angle would win some matches back then, and it ruled then too. So. I'm glad. I, I hope that this like this show in general just had a lot of clean finishes. It had one, it had one really terrible finish, um, but a lot of really clean finishes otherwise. And I, you know, I hope that's the start of a trend. I hope they're gonna <laughs> if they if they if they clean up the finishes that like that to me is probably the most egregious like terrible part of WWE in 2018. Like, it's just, like, the finishes and the booking and, like, that kind of shit. So, you know, they have the roster. I mean, if they clean up these fucking finishes, then there's no reason why they can't have better shows this year. Um, yeah. Also, also, the women's division has just been ridiculously hard-hitting in the WWE, which I'm not sure if that's, like, you know, they're taking cues from Joshi. I'm not sure where this, like, came about. 
I think it's just, you know, having people like Sasha Banks, who's just willing to take crazy bumps. And then people like Ronda Rousey, who is willing to just kill people. Like yeah. when you put different, when you, know, when you have talent that's like willing to work this style, it's changed like the entire complexion of the company. Cause they're like by far the most, the best part of the company. Yeah. And then like, I was really into it earlier in the year last year than like the fucking Carmella shit. And you know, um, yeah. Carmella rain killed on SmackDown. I mean, Ronda was still fine on Raw, but like, I don't know. There, there was that whole little period with with uh, uh, Nia and oh, that wasn't really yeah. that interesting either. But yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely, I mean, definitely was the best part of this show, other than you know one four star match. But yeah, this okay. this was this was probably my favorite match. I had a three and three quarters, but I okay. am, I guess pretty tough. I had a, I had a four and a quarter. So yeah, I really thought this was awesome. And Becky is, you know, you know, she taps out here, but she she'd be okay, as we can see later. But I, they've they've really done a great job rehabbing Oscar. You have to give, I have to give them credit because I shit on them when yeah. it was terrible. I mean, look, I think she needed this win because as I didn't see the match, but as I understand it, she won the title in TLC by Ronda pushing over the ladder. So you know, this win makes even though Becky's going to probably pick Ronda now. This one makes Asuka at least feel like a champion, you know? So yeah. It feels like and, she beat somebody. Yeah, and and the finish definitely helps her get over a little bit more as a killer. So it'd be yeah. interesting to see what her direction is next, because it's really wide open. Yeah. Um, I mean, know, maybe the, she gets another... Well, if they do Becky, Ronda straight up, then I guess you could do Asuka Charlotte again. If they do the yeah. three-way instead, then like you're saying, you could do anybody. I mean, I would love to see Asuka and Sasha if they move her over, but... I assume yeah. Shasha will be busy with the tag titles. Um, all right. Yeah. So that brings us, speaking of tag titles, to Shane McMahon and The Miz versus The Bar. Um, this is one of those matches where I read it when 13 minutes and that just sounds impossible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like it, it felt like about 35 minutes. But yeah, I mean, like, the here's the good things about the match Shane did an old man dive. That was cool. Uh, that's about it, really. I mean, yeah, it was, it was way too long. Uh, I was really mad when the Shane popped the crowd popped louder for Shane's like hot tag than they did for a lot of the Becky Oscar spots. Um, and then Shane McMahon did the MMA expert shit, which was really fucking funny. And then he did a shooting star press and looked like he almost under rotated killed himself, which is even funnier. But I, did you see him do like the fucking Hail Mary? before he did that yeah the shane it's impossible i mean i can see why but the fact that shane is still like one of probably the top five most overacts in the company is just so baffling to me in this point like he's always over he always gets huge pops yeah i don't know i, I it's it, he's just like what do you think about it who else has been there since 1999 you know i think yeah. that's probably just a big part of it but yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. uh, it's something. Yeah. I mean, the dives, him diving off something high actually works for a lot of the matches because it takes him out of it for a long period of time, usually. So, like, he'll go through the announce table and then you don't have to see him for five minutes. So, it, like, hides him. So, I'm like, okay, well, that's that's just good planning <laughs> on their part. I don't have to see him for five whole minutes. But then every time he gets in the ring, his offense is, like, you know, legitimately, I, th- I like, tweeted this out, but he is, like, trainee level bad. I I went to a show on last Friday 
at like a small black box theater. It was the promotion's like first time ever show. And there was a wrestler on it, his first time ever match. And his offense was more believable than Shane McMahon's. <laughs> it's like he li- has never, ever trained to have like any semblance of a pro wrestling offense. So I will give this two stars. Yeah, I went two and one quarter. <laughs> um, but honestly, I... You called him a hard star writer? Uh, this, this, the giant swing that then Shane counters into like the world's worst triangle choke almost i honestly i was like oh they're doing a decent job of hiding shane the shooting star press is cool but that alone is like knocked it down for me because it's just like a mind-numbing spot yeah it was something (laughs) the whole fucking match was something yes well i want one quick one quick thing it's impossibly the shane mcmahon miss story is like one of the only legitimate funny builds the wwe's had for like a comedy storyline in a while so i wasn't as mad about this as most people it also plays off most people forget that it plays off the the crown jewel thing where the miz was like trying to go for the best in the world thing and then shane mcmahon like you know to like took it out from under him so it's somehow long-term storytelling and well-built it just happens to be with like one of the worst wrestlers on the roster. Yeah, it is, it is really weird. But well, I, I, I wonder why that is that his angles uh, maybe get some more care than other people's. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real mystery. But yeah, I, I just, you know, I don't know. The, the tag division is fucking dead anyway. I mean, look, the Raw tag titles, the champions we just said were fighting two people from two other tag teams in yeah. what I believe was a non title match. Yes. So I don't, I don't know on uh, the pre-show. So like, I don't know. And they, they, when neither of them were in the rumble, I thought that was pretty funny. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, the raw tag team champions just don't exist. But you think they'd stick Bobby Roode out there to get like an entrance song pop at least, but apparently not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, wait, what? He wasn't in it. Was he? They just totally forget. No, he was. he was not. He was not. In it. Okay. Um, but yeah, so this, that sucked. The tight title match was not very good, but who really gives a shit, I guess. Up next, the Raw Women's title match. This is a you know what I'm wondering if we'll have a divergence of opinion here, but let's say Ronda Rousey defeating Sasha Banks in 1355 to retain the title. What did you think of this match, Skyler? Um, I think I was a little higher on it than most people, but I did see a lot of divergence of opinion on this one. Uh, so I I went I went three and a half. I think that Rousey's general uh you know the way that she hits the mat her like wrestling transitions the way she like adds a little bit of uh a little bit more oomph to like all of her suplexes and her you know judo stuff and all that like i think generally i'm gonna there's a certain floor on her matches where i'm like well i'm always gonna enjoy that aspect of it um but i think she was a little overexposed here it went definitely wait went too long and it didn't totally there's like definitely some weird miscues with like you know some of the submission stuff and towards like the finish it just felt like they're like trying to go home and it was like taking a little bit too long um definitely a step down from i becky oscar and they're sort of like similar matches so this is like the clearly inferior one i mean so my issue when i teased earlier that there was one match i thought the uh, agents, um, you know, really did disservice. This was definitely the match. I only went two and a quarter. I thought it was pretty not very good. And 
you know, I've really like, like come around on Ronda lately. I thought especially like that match with Charlotte was awesome in Survivor Series. But like this was just not very good. And I first of all, like I said, I, th- I blame the agents more than anything because the first few minutes where Ronda was playing like the big bully heel and, you know, Sasha was just like trying to fight back. That stuff was awesome. And that's where I thought they were going to like, I was like, okay, this is, they're laying the match out right. They're having Ronda, you know, play the subtle bully and, you know, she's bigger than Sasha. Sasha's great at selling anyway, and this this will be good. And then Sasha starts working over her arm, and I get increasingly confused. If Ronda Rousey is really bad at anything right now, it is selling, especially like limb work selling. And that is what they had her do for like most of this match. So I don't know. Like if, if you're just like, I don't know if it was her idea and she wanted to prove a point that she could do it. I don't know if, you know, it was uh, some kind of thing where it's like she's too proud and nobody wants to tell her, you know, you can't fucking do this, Rhonda. Yeah. Or if they were like, oh, we need to get her good at this, which is, that's what the fucking house shows are for. I don't know what to tell you. Or put her on TV. She won't do house shows, put her on a TV match and do this. It's like, it should not have been at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, but- I think the word is that Rousey's like, I think Sasha Banks was like her favorite wrestler and she was like really excited to work with her. So I think that's why this match was a little more ambitious. But I mean, there's very few people who are going to be able to work this type of match like a year into their careers. And I think it was just a little bit too ambitious for, you know, where she's at right now. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so that was that match. Just not very good. And I was really looking forward to that one coming in, honestly. So that was like the first big disappointment of the evening. The second big disappointment of the evening, the women's for a rumble. Um, <laughs> look, this is uh, the la- last year's women's for a rumble. I think everyone would agree was just a fantastic show, right? Is that that's not a hot take or a fantastic match? I should say. I, yeah, I, I think, think everyone thought it was it, pretty good. Um, I don't know what the deal was with this one. I, I even saw people saying on Twitter that like they didn't want to let the women's one overshadow the men's again this year, which it sounds a little crazy as a conspiracy theory goes, but you know what? If you if I found out it was true, I wouldn't even be surprised. Because, like, it had, like, one of the biggest, like, jobber barriers I think I've ever seen. Where, maybe since, like, the 99 Rumble, where pretty much everybody until Charlotte Flair came out at 13 would be considered, like you know, pretty low, low level. Zero yeah, percent chance of yeah. winning, basically. And like, you know, the, the big, the big workhorse was like Natalia at number two, which I hate to tell you, Natalia is not very good. Like they think Natalia is good, clearly. That's why yes. they, 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 they think Natalia is like, like the most underrated wrestler in the world. Like, cause she just keeps getting, storylines i mean i guess part of it is because her husband like almost died due to negligence of the company but still (laughs) i mean haven't they given her enough storylines to make up for that yeah how much can his life possibly be worth it is it's really it is really something and like i don't know i mean i i get it i guess you know i'm not saying it's not uh you know like i get why they think you know, she has the trappings of a good wrestler and all that. But, like, she she, she was, like, clearly supposed to be the workhorse. And she's, she came in number two and was in there for 56 minutes. And she's not very good. So, like, that was the big problem with the match. I think if you replace her 
with I don't know. I'm trying to look at who came in later. Like if you replace her with like Bailey or something, the match yeah. is probably a lot better. So yeah, that's there's your first big mistake. Uh, Lacey Evans was number one. That sucked. Didn't there for she like botched, half hour. She botched like twenty times. <laughs> like yeah. couldn't do a kip up after repeated attempts. Like couldn't just messed up basic moves. She was like really terrible. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's something, and I just don't know. I don't know. It's uh, the first half of the match was really quite terrible. I would say I'm trying to decide when. Like I'm looking over the entrance. That a lot of people went nuts for that Casey uh, Katzen, the American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, I mean, she looked okay. There was like one headstand spot she did where it it turned out like kind of poorly. It might have been with Tamina or something, and that was like Zia Lee's big problem when she came in. Yeah, the fire. It's like she looked okay, and then she had to do spots with Tamina, and it looked like shit. Tamina's another one. I don't. Do they think Tamina's good, or do they just like? Have her no. on the roster. Okay, they, there's nobody thinks she's. No, that's that's the murder apology. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's like the, the she knows where the bodies are buried, and it might be literal bodies in this case. But like, I don't know. Just don't. Maybe they should have just like had her stand in the corner and just like wait out her time in the match instead of like you, you know she's only there for eight and a half minutes, but she managed to make a, a couple of people look pretty stupid, and Zia Lee was one of them. Um, yeah, I. I mean, I think this match was just a really stark contrast. I mean, because you talk about, we've talked a lot about like women, like the way the division looks like now based on what it looked like five years ago from an in-ring perspective. But I think this match really shows like how far away they are from being like on par of like normal wrestling company men div- men's divisions. Because yeah. there are just so many bad workers <laughs> on the roster. Yeah. I mean, the problem is there's there's still like you know, you still have like a bunch of people here. They're just taking up space, basically. Yeah. I mean, um, even even newer people like you know your Alexa Bliss, Peyton Royce, and Billy Kay. Like there are a lot of people who are like newer, like uh, obviously like Lana and yeah, like that are still just not even passable in ring workers. And when you have a Royal Rumble and your first fifteen people are like all people from that part of the roster. Where like none of them can work. Of course, it's going to be like a botch fest. Yeah, I mean, Mickey James at one point kicked the air. I just remember that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I would say right around twenty three when Io Shirai came out. You know, she did like her little one wild spot and did her big moon salt. Yeah. She didn't get to do anything else, but she did get to do that. Yeah, I thought then, Kyrie Sane did all right for what she was given, and she was a highlight last year too, actually. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I, and I think of course. Casey, whatever her name is. Like, I think there was a few fun moments and fun spots, and it picked up towards the end. But the first half is just... <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty brutal. There's nothing you can do with that. Um, but yeah, Rhea Ripley, when she came in at 24, she was really awesome. You know, really getting a clean house. And that's probably the type of wrestler that, you know, first of all, Triple H is going to love because it's, you know, she kind of looks like him. But, I mean, that's the kind of wrestler that the, the women's division is going to need, right? Like these type, these type of like, just these big powerhouses that aren't like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm yeah, trying to say. I mean, they're, not, they're like I, squeakish monsters, and they can work and stuff. I mean, like, I think, I think to, you know, I think you're putting it lightly. I think what you really mean is that you need someone where the replies to all of her tweets will be like, 
choke me. Yeah. <laughs> like that is like wrestling Twitter has gone crazy for Rhea Ripley because we all just want someone who will kill us if need I, be. Sure, that, that is definitely true, but but I'm trying to be I'm trying to be non horny here. You're, you're, that's the diplomatic yes. version of it. Um, and then Sonya Deville came in and killed everybody. That was cool. Bailey was in at 27 and you know did pretty well for herself. And then Becky, you know Becky was the bigger place in for Lana. Um, but yeah, you know, like the end, you know, who was like surprisingly pretty good in this fucking Carmella. I don't know yeah. what, I don't know what the deal with that was. Maybe, maybe she's just a lot better as a baby face. And I, you know, I don't watch SmackDown, so I can't really tell you, but she was like fine. She's better than a lot of people in this match, honestly. Uh, I get the sense that she is probably being let down by creative a little bit. Cause she is not a good in-ring wrestler, but she does have a sort of weird charisma <laughs> And even when she was, like, in NXT, when she was, like, with Enzo and Cass, she was, like, sort of one of the best parts of that act. She yeah. had, like, a lot of charisma and was legitimately over. Well, well I thought her in-ring was fine here. So they, that's my, you know... I, I actually think I said hot take Carmella was good in this match. And that's his, You know, she's only in there for seven minutes, so... I'm not crowning her the new Luthes or anything, but she was pretty decent. And I was, uh... I enjoyed her in this match. Um, but yeah, uh, let's say what else. The the final, you know, the final little area, the final little spot with Charlotte as the heel, you know, beating the shit out of Becky when her, I guess her leg was out. That was pretty good. I don't know why people ever think Charlotte, like Charlotte is like the white female Shingo Takagi, where it's like, she's just so much better as a heel that I legitimately do not understand why people ever book her as a face. And I guess it's just because I mean, of her last name or whatever, but like her heel work is just so much better than her face work. It's really like ridiculous, actually. So yeah, it's really weird. I mean, I get why, but I think there's such there are certain people in the uh, in the upper management who are just always going to push her to be like the top person in the company, which is why she like won. You know, when the women's titles got christened, she was the person who won, and you know she broke Asuka's streak like she's always gonna get those big milestones because of you know who she is to an extent but hopefully even though you know even if she gets that sort of mega push where it lasts like you know 15 years they don't feel the need for her to always be a baby face because she always sucks as a baby face yeah i totally agree um okay so let's see the woman's rumble overall you know obviously becky was the right winner i don't think I'm breaking any news there. Um, but the overall, ma- you know, when you have a mat, a show or a match that like just was, I don't know, pretty bad for two thirds of it. And then good ish for the last third. That's not a very good rumble. It's, it was a, I would say below average rumble, not one of the all time worst. Like it kind of was trending for a little while, but not a good rumble. No, it was, uh, you know, obviously rumbles have like a certain floor where there there were spots where you're like, oh, that was fun, but yeah, not something that I'll probably ever think about again. Yeah, I mean, I would, you know, I will rewatch the first woman drama before I ever rewatch this one. So, yeah. um, okay, so then we get to the WWE Championship match, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. This felt every bit of 24 and a half minutes. <laughs> I mean, when I read that, like, that's one of those ones where it's like, oh, I'm not really surprised at all if that's how long it was. Um, okay, what to say about this match? 
I went, I believe, two and a quarter on it. And I think I might have been being a little, I might have been a little charitable based on the rep and, you know, some decent work. But first of all, the crowd, I mean, Dad is not even doing it justice. They did not make any noise for this match at all. Um, yeah. I, I understand they're following Woman Trumbull. I don't want to take away, because I, I pointed out that, like, the crowd was dead for this. And maybe it had something to do with Brian's character. And I had I got like ten thousand replies like, oh, "Look at this idiot! It's a woman fall, the woman's rumble." I'm like, okay, I'm sure that had something to, a lot to do with it too. Don't get me wrong, but if you read Twitter, okay, from people who actually watch SmackDown, you would think this new Daniel Bryan thing, this fucking eco vegan terrorist fucking gimmick or whatever, is like the hottest thing of all time. It's it's like, because these think- people have like no concept. Like Daniel Bryan's heel, like extremist character where he's like wow he's like totally unhinged his thing is just like baby boomers are bad <laughs> i think we're just like in a bubble like politically where you know dana bryan would be cool if he was just like we need to kill the billionaire like okay i'm down for that if he's threatening to guillotine Vince McMahon, <laughs> that's the type of character i want i don't need a character who's just like eating hot dogs is bad that doesn't like rile me up in any way <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. So people talk like if, if this character was actually as hot as people said he was, like it would have been able to overcome the spot. The crowd just could not have given less of a shit about this match if they tried. Um, you know, and, and to be fair to the crowd, I didn't think it was that good. I thought it went on forever and just bored mostly bored the shit out of me too. So, you know, clearly a step below the TLC match, which I already thought was like super overrated. Um yeah. but yeah, I don't know. I just like so the character, you know, like you're saying, it's not even that extreme. Um, I, I just, I, I think it's worth questioning if there's any audience that actually wants to see this on their fucking professional wrestling show, you know? Like, it's let's the same say, people who want that, like, that guy who, like, the Washington Post in an article where he, like, loves Hillary Clinton and he, like, wears Hillary Clinton stuff and he's, like, a heel in West Virginia. It's, like, the people who are into that are the people who love this. And people who love the Gargano jump, a feud. <laughs> like, okay, if you're if you're going to the re- to WWE and you're like left leaning, I don't know if you want to hear that. You know, a guy shouting all this shit and have him being portrayed as a heel. Maybe you think. I mean, it doesn't mean not everybody who leans left thinks veganism is that great anyway. But I mean, like, maybe you just think that's annoying. Maybe you think it's you know kind of stupid. Maybe you're like, why am I the heel? I don't know. I think those people might be annoyed. And then there's an entire swath of people who just don't want to fucking hear political shit at their wrestling show at all. And I think after watching that video, because I, you know, I, I had only seen like a little bit of promos here and there, after watching the entrance video especially, it just really hit me like, like I don't think most of the people in this audience really want to see this. Like I really don't think there's a huge audience for eco-terrorist vegan heel. I mean, maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe he'll come out on the next fucking show and be the most over guy in the building. But it's like I, this this feud is for a hairy wrestling fan. That's it's, it, it's for him to like write a poem about it. It strikes it me no... as for it strikes me as for like a feud for Vince. Vince probably fucking loves this change. Like, ha ha, pal, he really fucking likes the fucking planet. but like i I think vince probably sits there and laughs his ass off about it watching these segments i think like i don't know at the frame movement on twitter or whatever fucking loves his shit 
but like normal Joe Blow take his kids to the wrestling show, which is supposed to be the WWE audience, why do they fucking want to see this other show? Like, why do they want to see Eco Terrorist Heal? It just yeah. strikes me as something that's like, it, if it's either over your head, or if it's not over your head, it might annoy you if you're like really into if you're like a, if you're a super conservative guy. Even do you really want to come to a, a fucking wrestling show and see you know the the leftist like thrown in your face? It just seems a little stupid all around to me. But I don't know. I was I was hoping you disagreed so we could like really go at it, but no, it seems like you're not really. Like- I probably liked, what's funny is I gave this a lower rating than you, but I probably liked the ring work a little bit more. Yeah, I thought they were telling a decent story with like AJ's arm, and I think the work was okay. But I do think it was just, one, it was put in the wrong position on the card, and two, it was just agented poorly. And I'm not sure if it was the talent got dealt a shitty hand or if they just didn't adjust like they needed to be. But if you're going to do like a title match with a presumably heated build that is going to end in a schmoz after 25 minutes, you can't put it on at 10.45 p.m. And, you know, like three-fourths of the way through a five-hour show. It just can't happen like that. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, it, it's the whole thing. It's just like, what, like why does not just go like 15 minutes? Yeah, if like, you're going to end it like that, then, you know, I can understand, like, okay, you're going to give, you know, you're going to get heat on this new faction, whatever, whatever. Like, that, you know, I, I, I don't like it, but I can understand it. But you can't have it at this part of the card, and you can't have the match be, like, a methodically paced 25-minute match that never gets going. And then, you know, like, like as you just teased, the finish was Eric Rowan running in. I do like that Eric, when Eric Rowan came out, I, like, almost cried laughing. Yeah, like, it, 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 it was, it was the... <laughs> Best bad thing that's happened in a long time. When Vin, it's like Vince like walked around backstage and was like, "God damn it, who is really big but looks like he hung a tree?" And then picked, you know, picked Eric Rowan, which probably, I you know, I criticize a lot of Vince McMahon booking decisions, but if I was walking around backstage looking through the SmackDown roster and trying to pick a big guy who looks like he might be a tree hugger, I probably also would have landed on Eric Rowan. So and I, I think he did. I don't know if he was, uh, you know, necessarily a tree hugger, but I think he was vegan that time when Eric Rowan had the gimmick where he was like a secret genius. Okay. I don't know if you I, remember this. I, 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 hope, I was hoping he would be like, I hope in real life he's like in the John Birch Society or something and he fucking hates that he has to do this now. Like, remember when CM Punk in the Straight Edge Society and like uh, the, one of the girls, like Sarita or whatever, tried to be a huge. Oh, trainer. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, I hope it's like that. I hope, like, Eric Rowan is just, like, a huge fucking alt-writer, and now he has to do this shit. Because that'd be pretty funny. But, um, <laughs> the whole thing, whole thing is weird. Um, yes, we, we did a 25-minute match in the middle of the Royal Rumble to end with the claw. <laughs> the claw slam as the finish <sighs> for Brian to win. It was, uh, that was one of those things where, like, if the match was awesome, I would have been mad. But because the match sucked anyway it was just funny so yeah exactly wwe is at its best when it's like funny good or so bad it's good yeah (laughs) which yeah yeah, hopefully we can get back to those glorious times yeah because 2018 was mostly just fucking like exactly like yeah yeah like if you're gonna be bad just at least be funny bad like roman and gender was not funny bad and i don't know car fucking carmella was not funny bad and all that shit so 
I don't know. Um, the Brock Lesnar defending the Universal title against Finn Balor in eight minutes and forty seconds. I can't believe it was that short. Actually, uh, this is four stars. It's fucking awesome. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> every yeah, I, I I get all the complaints about Brock Lesnar and stuff, but. Every single title match, I'm like, yeah, this is always good. Like, he's always put on uh, matches. Okay, always I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you a little bit. I think he went through a run where I did not enjoy him. And I would say the run from, like, oh, God. Because I, I turned a corner with him again now. But, like, the run from that Orton match. You didn't um, like, like, the SummerSlam four-way and stuff That was like the only that. one. That was the only one yeah. I thought was good in that, in that run. I liked the, the Samoa Joe match. I really yeah. hated that Joe match. I'm looking through the list right now. Let's see. Um, yeah, the Styles yeah. match. The Styles match I thought was okay. I thought it was really overrated, though. Uh, the Braun matches were really bad. I thought he was yeah, really bad with Braun virtually every time. Uh, um, you know, the Braun King three-way I thought was really bad. I couldn't believe people praised that, honestly. And just all the stuff at Roman this year was awful, which, you know, I don't know. I didn't I didn't see the maybe – the, maybe the Brock-Braun match at Crown Jewel was a lost classic, but I'll never know because I, I didn't watch that show. Yeah, I, I, I watched it way, way after the fact because, of course, I had have like a more obligation to not watch it. But that's probably the objectively funniest one because it's just <laughs> Brock like beating the shit out of Braun for three minutes and then it ends. It's so cool. But yeah, I'm looking through the list. I would say the last he went from August 2017 until November 2018 without breaking four stars for me. Mm-hmm. So like from the four way until because I did love that match. The four way was awesome. Although, again, a little overrated, but I still had it at four, to Brock and Brian, which I had at four as well. So that's that's like his long stretch with me. And even before that, like uh, the only thing I liked of his really was that Brock Goldberg match. But uh, yeah. it was really awesome, the Mania one. But yeah, the last two matches he's had have been awesome. So if Brock has turned a corner with me again, wonderful. But yeah, Brock and Brock and Brian was awesome. And this, and this was, I, I think this was better than Brock and Brian, honestly. So yeah, it was very, I, very I, tightly, but. Yeah, this was this was of course agented like perfectly. The only thing that was like a little weird for me was that I was like watching with a group of people, so I wasn't really tuned into like the commentary. So when they were doing like the diverticulitis thing, where it's like, oh, we got hit like in the you know wherever, like in the liver, and it's like hurting him. I thought that he was like, I thought he was like holding his dick. Like I thought that's where he got hit, <laughs> and he was just selling it for the entire match. I was like, man, he was really be hurting down there. He like couldn't suplex people because it was hurting that bad. I was like, I mean, it did look like a metal table. It could be really hurt, but <laughs> it was really confusing to me why he was selling it that much. Yeah, it was really weird. <laughs> I'm not gonna disagree. Um, I'm trying to think what else from this match. I mean, first of all, I just loved that fit, someone finally just attacked Brock at the bell instead of just yeah. calmly standing there waiting for Brock to kill them. That, that was great. And just the whole story with Finn, just like destroy, like really taking it to Brock and Brock having this look on his face. Like he couldn't believe what was happening. Brock was amazing in this match. I mean, I have to be honest. He was, his selling was great. Um, you know, just his, his facial expressions, just where it looked like, you know, what is happening. It was, it was like that Goldberg shit again, which is, you know, probably the best thing Goldberg's done or Brock has done. I mean, and, you know, in this company in years. So I like, I loved all that. And then the finish was fucking perfect. When Finn like hit that move and Brock just caught him in that Kimura. I was like, I sit in there praying. I'm like, please just let Finn tap out here. Cause it would be the perfect finish. It'd be the perfect spot. It would be like Finn still gave it his absolute all. And, you know, came, 
almost beat him, but just fucking came up short. Like, don't let Brock, uh, you know, don't let Finn get out of this. And then Brock hit F5 or something. And it was perfect. I, I loved the finish. I thought it was awesome. Um, because, you know, I, I probably tacked down an extra quarter star just because, you know, they did, I think, the perfect finish. So this ruled. Very happy I watched it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Brock next. Yeah, I I don't see the raw if you're doing Rollins versus him at Mania. Yeah, I'm not sure how that's gonna go. Rollins, I mean, ostensibly they could just read this match, but with Rollins have him win. But yeah, not sure how that's gonna work. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the that that brings us to the men's rumble, the final match on the show. Um. I don't know what this match. They they were long stretches of this match where there were people in the ring I liked, especially towards the end, and it just never really felt like it was clicking with me on a level that it should have, given how many of the guys in the ring, you know, were people that I actually enjoyed. I don't know. Did, did you like? I feel like from up until when Baron Corbin came in, I, there were a bunch of guys in there I liked, and just never felt like it was clicking with me on any like major level. Yeah, uh, I think this this suffered a little bit in comparison from last year too. Because remember yeah. last year it had like some interesting stories where like the last six it was like an old generation versus new generation thing. Yeah, and then like the last four was like a WWE guys versus indie guys. Like they did like some interesting stories in that. Whereas this one felt like they did a good job of featuring guys in the sense that it's like ooh, it, like Andrade got a great moment. Samoa Joe got some great moments. Gargano got some. Corbin got great moments. Exactly. Well, like they fe- <laughs> they made they made everybody look strong, which yeah. is sort of difficult to do. Where you have you know Mustu- Mustafa Ali getting to eliminate Samoa Joe, yeah. which has been like you know the culmination, I guess, of their feud. Um, and I think that's very admirable. But I think it suffered from a similar thing with the women's Rumble, where the first third is just like really unremarkable. And it takes, you know, until the second, the business end of the match where a bunch of good people are in the ring and we're like, okay, this is good now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like the, the entire thing up until like when Baron Corbin came in, you know, felt okay, but not quite on the level it did. None of the NXT people felt like they were over, which, you know, I think maybe sometimes Oh, people... hey, don't disrespect Double J. <laughs> no, I said NXT. Oh, NXT. Okay, NXT people, okay. Well, what do you think I said? I thought you just said people weren't oh. over in the match. I said, no, 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 Let no. me tell you about like, one I, man who's over. I was, I was just really J E double F. <laughs> I was just really surprised how not over like Pete Dunn was. Yeah, just, like he got no pop at all, and like no one knew who he was. It yeah. was one of those moments where it's like people just don't watch this shit as much as people might, you know. Well, enjoy if I remember, it. he was it. He who got a huge pop last year, or he got a huge pop oh. at like one of the NXT shows, like when he wasn't even on NXT TV at all. So I, I do think a lot of it was like a lot of pops just seemed a little muted in this thing. Cause I, I mean, going back to the women's rubble, even the Becky pops were like big, but she gets bigger pops on TV every week. Yeah. yeah just coming out. Yeah. That's a good so. point, I guess. Um, all right. So uh, let me think about that back half of this match. I mean, first we should, you mentioned Jeff Jarrett. That was fucking amazing. And that was pretty, you know, sometimes they have a moment where that's just fucking awesome. And that was definitely a moment. I mean, just seeing Jared do that fucking gimmick yes. after, after like 15 years of putting himself over as like the mini hunter of 
all these fucking he had two companies founded for himself. And he's coming back here to the country <laughs> Like I, I again I almost the music it. too. Like the music they had the fucking nineties music. Exactly. That was like the one he used what in like ninety eight, right? I think Yeah, yeah. Person. I'm crazy. I have to put that. I have to put that as the yes. opening scene. That has to be the opening Please. scene. Please. Um, but yeah, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura came in number three. He lasted 18 minutes and got one elimination. Just the ultimate, like, wow, winning this thing means nothing now. Like, long term moment was like, yeah. I mean, Shinsuke's a unique case in that he doesn't give a shit, but like, yeah. why have him, why did you have him win then? <laughs> yeah. He is, honestly, I'm ready for him to go. Honestly, I didn't, I, I was never even a big fan of him in like New Japan, but it's even, yeah, at least then he was like trying and I just, he, he just never clicked for me. Whereas yeah. now he's just like not trying. And it's just like, honestly, would he make the top like, would he be in the top 30 in-ring workers of WWE at this point? Probably not. Yeah. Like, he's really just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Chinsuke Nakamura uh, has been in better <laughs> matches this year. <laughs> he, he had one, one we're going to talk about. Um, yep. And then Nia Jax came in at the end, which was just really weird. But strangely, she was great. I don't know what to... Like, I'm, I'm all for being honest here. She was awesome. I don't know why her three. Yeah, that's like... totally worked for me. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know why I'm... that was good, but it was good. Yeah, and I'm the Nia Jax defender in a way because <laughs> I always thought that with her build, like she's always gonna have a place in the company because she can just work matches that no one else can. Yeah, and in see, I mean, I really enjoyed like her match with Oscar. I really enjoyed her match, her Bailey feud. Like I, I even though she's like very green clearly and still fucks up constantly. Yeah, I do think that she, you know, she has something that you can't just teach. Obviously, she's just like huge, and she has she's super likable, super charismatic, as seen on Total Divas. Like she's just she's a very likable person. I think they just haven't figured out how to present her yet. It is a little weird, I guess. But what are you gonna do? Um, I don't know. I mean, like that. It's hard. She has that that Big Show problem, right? Where she. She's too likable, but also too big. Yeah. To face face. So like, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, what are you going to do, I guess? But yeah, so, I, but I really liked her in this match. So like I said, I thought, you know, I, I don't, she's very hit or miss for me in, in the women's division. And sometimes I think she's just really sloppy, but for whatever reason, it really worked for her in this, in this rumble. So yeah, yeah and, it was a really cool, the- like little surprise. Yep, and luckily she reignited the intergender wrestling debate, which everyone was just waiting for. <laughs> I, I just we were so excited. I just completely it. ignored it today. I was like, yeah, I'm not. I actually have not, never really cared that much about that debate, but I was just like, I'm not doing this today. It's a Monday. I'm not doing this on a Monday. <laughs> not on a Monday. <laughs> no, you guys have fun. Oh, I, I should mention too when Shelton Benjamin came out. Like when Shelton came up on the on the screen, I was like, I forgot he was employed. I thought this was like a surprise. Uh, surprise legend return or surprise old person return, and like five other people in the voice wrestling slack are like, Yeah, me too. So it was apparently uh, no one knew that Shelton Benjamin was employed with yeah, that's SmackDown for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so not a very good rumble overall. I, what do you think of Seth as the winner? I think, um, it's, even though well, I, he's a guy I don't personally enjoy that much, 
but I still think it was probably the right call. Yeah, the, the thing is, there's not a lot of options where you could go that would feel right. And I, I think among a certain sect of fan, you know, Predators, I guess, like, that, this was, like, people were really excited to see this and were really waiting for this and really want him to dethrone Brock. So I, I think it works. It, it didn't exactly, you know, it, I, I can say I felt no emotional reaction at all to him winning. But, yeah, good for him. Good for him. Um, but yeah, so good. Not a great rumble either. I guess better than the women's, but still, like, I would put this very much in the average tier of rumbles. Yeah, yeah. I think the whole show, you know, in general was, you know, had lots of ups and downs. Yeah, two but, awesome matches. If yeah. you're if you if you're the type of person who wants to like, you know, skip some stuff, I would say you can skip almost everything on the show. Like if you're a really if you love rumbles, that's totally understandable. If you only want to watch one, I would definitely say the men's rumble was the better of the two this year. But other than that, like I would say, watch watch Becky Asuka and watch uh, Brock and Finn. Like those are your two must watch matches, I think, from this show. Yeah. All right. So that means we can move off of World Wrestling Entertainment and over to the Dramatic Dream Team. And their January 27th Sweet Dreams 2019 Corican Hall show. Overall, another fun BDT Corican. Um, I actually think this was maybe maybe their weakest one in a while. Not like which I don't even mean as like an insult because I just think they've been really really good. There's lately. just no there's no there's no like major I guess storyline developments. Or yeah, anything, which is understandable because it's so close to Judgment, but. Yeah. When they when you've been building, they've been building judgment for it feels like so long now because yeah. yeah, so many of the feuds have been like boiling for a while. It's it's hard to really be like okay, nothing. You know, there's not a lot of surprises that are going to happen at this point. Yeah, so you know they didn't have a ton of developments like you're saying, but it was still a pretty fun show by the end of it. I think. Yes. Um, so it opened up with Akito and Space Monkey beating Antonio Honda and Jason the Gift Kincaid. The monkey pinned Honda with the tail whip in ten oh seven. Um, this was fun. I don't. I, I mean, you know, if I said those names and you know who those people are, you probably can already know if you're going to like this or not. Um, but like Jason Kincaid and Antonio Honda, top tier tag team. Yes, I am enjoying Gone Gift a lot. I've been watching all the house <laughs> show stuff, stuff, and Jason Kincaid has really come on, come in his own as like he can as like working comedy now. Yeah. Um, you know, I think because there was I forget which what match is for, but there was a match last year, or either that or the beginning of this year, where he had to play like the river god in a skit. It was like when he was giving like Mao yes, and yes, yep, yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that was the moment where I was like, oh, he's like really in on the joke now. Like he's just, <laughs> yeah, he's just going full into this. Yeah, I mean, it was fucking awesome, honestly. And, you know, as far as that that segment, and, you know, he definitely has, uh, you know, jumped into that role head first, which is good. I mean, look, he does a lot of wacky flips and stuff still, which people people in DT like. They like wacky flips. And now he just leans into the comedy part of it, too. And, you know, everybody likes it. So I love Jason the Gift Kincaid. I don't want to hear any slander. Southern Wrestling gets a free pass from me for at least three years because they gave me Jason the Gift Kincaid. So, have, have you ever seen have you ever seen the Chase Owens and Jason Kincaid feud from no, NWA I, Smoky <laughs> Mountain in 2012? They're legitimately great matches. Okay, legitimately like an awesome, awesome feud. 
And they're it's both, funny that both, both of them are now getting like butchers <laughs> and Japanese companies. They're both stars of Japan. World yes. renowned stars, Jason Kane and Chase Owens. That is kind of awesome. Um, match number two, the Iron Man heavyweight title battle royal. Uh, Asuka picks up the win. The all cap version. So you get don't get confused because I know we talked about two different Oscars here. Um, so it involved Asuka, Shinsuke Nakamura, Toru Washi, Kazuki Hirata, Katsusada Higuchi, Keisuke Okuda, Yuki Ino, and Kikitaro. Um, first of all, everybody came up on Shinsuke and pinned him in four seconds, which was awesome. Um, Shinsuke, you know, just, I don't know. He gets to do the whole fucking entrance, and he just yeah. gets pinned in four seconds. That rolled. Um, I was hoping it was because he had to get on a plane and get to the Royal Rumble. Luckily, <laughs> he comes back later in this round for yeah. some extra fun, so... Um, and then Hirata eliminated Kikitaro to Schoolboy. Um, there was like a three-way ring-out elimination. And they came down to Asuka As- and Hirata eliminating Okuda. And then they came down to the two of them. And they danced together. And Asuka, I don't know about her dancing ability. Maybe. maybe no, it was, uh, <laughs> I mean, Tokyo Go is a pure dance. And she looked like she was trying to like make it a little sexy. Which is yeah. just, Arata <laughs> is a pure boy. Tokyo Go is a pure dance. <laughs> You can't, you can't add the sex appeal to the Tokyo Go dance. I think that was one Only of her... A... What was her rating? It was something like about sex appeal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember seeing it, but I don't speak any Japanese. So. Well, no, no. But the DT English guy did all the... Trans, like, translate all of them. Oh, really? Really? I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah. The... <laughs> um, I mean, I, I was really happy when he did that because it's like, well, some of them I got absolutely right and some of them I did not know at all as it turned out, but... One I got right, we'll talk about later, because when I came up, I was laughing pretty hard. But uh, I was like, wow, my all of my kanji studies have been worth it, so I can understand this one. I might as well just say it now. When Shuji Ishikawa came out, he got a zero in singing ability. So uh, That's rude like, and inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, wow, this is, uh, this is actually wrong. But there you go. Let me just go through them here. So if you're wondering, folks, um, this is from the, the wonderful people at DET Pro underscore ENG. The those score things that come up, a lot of them are the same. If you learn to read katakana, which actually doesn't take that long because it's just one, uh, you know, set of characters, you you can read a lot of these like power, technique, aerial, stamina, speed. Those come up over and over again. But usually there's a third category for almost everybody that just is like very specific. So for Akito, it was good looks, 10. Space Monkey, it was likes bananas, 10. Uh, <laughs> Honda, Dirty Jokes, 10. Chinsuke was just Yao, 10. Uh, Kikitaro was Gift of Gab, 10, question mark. I don't know why he got that question mark. It seemed very aggressive. Uh, Eno got a 10 for partying. Asuka got a 10 for flamboyance. There you go. Uh, Hirata, of course, got a 10 for dancing. Linda Man got a 10 for his promos. Uh, oh, Takubia Roja got a 10 for Ikemen Girl. <laughs> like handsome girl. Um, Makoto Oishi was one of the few to get a zero, and he got a zero for leverage over wife. Because, <laughs> because his wife is Mizaki Ohara and could probably kick his ass. Uh, Shinshiro Takagi got a 10 for immaturity. Uh, Mad Polly got a 10 for popularity with women. Endo got a 10 for his physique. Uh, Watase got a 10 for his love of anim- animals. You only got two for comedy, so there you go. <laughs> Tell him what he's not good at, I guess. Shima is one of the few people who gets three serious categories and gets a 10 in all of them. Talking, technique, and speed. 
Mao gets a 10 for tardiness. Uh, Umeda gets a 10 for short fuse. Ishikawa gets a 0 for singing, as we said. Um, and Daisuke Sasaki gets a 10 for out of his mind. So there you go. <laughs> what a... it's, it's the little details yeah, in DVD yeah. that really Any, put it over the top. Anyone I didn't mention just had like three regular categories, which is not very interesting. But yeah, those are, the comedy categories are great. Um, but let's see here. Where were we? Uh, so Asuka eliminating Hirata. They did their dance. Asuka got, made it very suggestive. And then she ended up pinning Hirata with the moonsault. This was, this was no shit. I tweeted out something like, I, this will probably be the best Battle Royal style match I see today because I watched it on Sunday. And guess what? It was. So you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I did have more fun with this, ten, this stupid, like, fucking 10 minute Battle Royal than I did with the. Uh, the two Royal Rebels. So. I, I will say I like this match a lot. Not the best Okuda match of the week because he had the match against Aoki and the sauna. That what? Was really oh, yeah, yeah, it? yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen it. I heard about it. I should it's only three it. minutes long. It's really good. The, the finish <laughs> is really funny. Um, and Aoki is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> After that, we had Yukio Sakaguchi beating El Lindeman with the God's Right Knee in 842. Uh, yeah, this was this was pretty damn good. I went three and a half on it. You know, Linda Man had like, like a dive botch, but it almost kind of added to it weirdly. Yeah, and... it's. I mean, because he's like the he, he's obviously like the upstart, and he's trying to take on like probably the most like you know intimidating vet in DDT. So him like majorly fucking up a spot is like it actually sort of works for the match. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so this was this was fun. I liked Yukio just kicking his ass, and you know, Linda Man is like the underdog. But this was a pretty good match. Match number four: Soma Takao, Tetsuya Endo, Mad Polly, and Takumi Aroha. If you don't know who Aroha is, she comes from Marvelous, which of course is the same promotion of Chigusa or Chigusa Nagoya, and uh, you know, that's her. She's going to be wrestling on the Judgment Show, and they'll be against each other in a six man. So that should be fun. But here she was, debuting as a damnation member against Shintiro Takagi, Makoto Oishi, Mizuki Watase, and Yuki Ueno. Um, and Soma Takao pinned Makoto Oishi with the gin and tonic in 11:22. Um, the least surprising part of this match was when um, she like whipped <laughs> Makoto's ass. Makoto's like entire fucking gimmick in DDT is like getting his ass kicked by women, sometimes by his own wife. So it's very, it's like a very re- reoccurring thing with him. I thought you were gonna say the most like uh, predictable thing was like Shinji or Takagi's like his big machine made out of plastic containers, <laughs> which got <laughs> and it got destroyed. Yes, again. I don't know if you did you see the match that was in like the uh, it was in like the some sort of like open air like market or something is from earlier this year is the day before the monorail match i don't think i've seen it 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 was another like outdoors match but he brought it to that and he was just trying to move it to get into position it just fell over and he looked so sad he had taken like 10 minutes to move it like 10 feet and when it collapsed he was just so upset he like loves it more than anything else (laughs) um but yeah i mean like this was fun. I enjoyed it. It was very short, but for an eight-man tag. But I mean, Takumi looked great in there. So yeah, I, I, I see more of her. I mean, I've seen her before in like Joshi matches and stuff. Usually, not that I watch Marvelous, but I, I've definitely seen her in like 
you know, other places where she shows up. She did some awesome stuff in Seedling last year, I think. Mm. That's probably where I saw her most often. But yeah, I think she's also like around in Wave and stuff too. But yeah. I, I don't know, just really, really cool stuff. And I hope she sticks around past this judgment show. Yeah, this definitely highlights, even though this is like a weaker Kurrican, this highlights like the strength of DDT for me, where, you know, in a smaller show where you could reasonably run anything or just run like, you know, samey tag combinations, you're just throwing in like, oh, we're just going to debut a new person here. Yeah, um, it, well, in general, that's that's their booking is like, they really do an amazing job not same, just same using. Huh? Oh, sorry. I was going to say, uh, that's something that no other Japanese com- company really does yeah. with their like smaller shows. Well, not even just well, it, it, and like the Judgment card we'll talk about too. They do the same kind of thing there, where like yeah. they do like a really <laughs> amazing job, not just using like this amazing giant talent roster they have, but also just like I don't know what I'm trying to say here, like just bringing in outsiders and using them in interesting ways. Yeah, which would say you know Definitely. not a lot of other companies always do. So, but yeah, this was a cool little match, and then the fifth match, the special three way Masa Takanashi beating Mao and Shima when Masa pinned Mao at the oh god, what the hell? What is that? The left left rug? I don't know move names. <laughs> They're not Wikipedia anymore. What do you want me to do? I was in ten forty one. Um. But yeah, this first of all, this was a lot more comedy than I thought it was going to be. I was, yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing. Yeah, but it was awesome because Shima is great at comedy. So it yeah. kind of always has been. It was cool. But. It's building up their match and yeah, it like makes sense. And also, I think for a three-way, they did a really good job of not making it like a one person sells on the side while the other two people wrestle. They really, really tried to get everyone involved. And it's a high degree of difficulty to have like those long sequences where everyone is flying around when you're coordinating between three people. And they did a good job of that. So Yeah. Um, after that, we have the Kota Umeda Mad Dog 7 Match Trial Series. The final match, Shuji Shikawa defeating him at the Splash Mountain in 1302. This was fucking awesome. Um, yeah. I had high expectations going in, and they again, they really met them. I went four and a quarter on it. Um, I just thought it was like super fucking physical. You know, they beat the shit out of each other. Ishikawa especially beat the shit out of Amanda, just like you'd expect. And, you know, they just like, they hit that second gear at the right time and then never overstayed their welcome, which I always really appreciate in, in a wrestling match. And yeah, I don't know. Like they, you know, Amanda did a good enough, you made it got like enough offense in where you didn't look like a joke or anything. But then it's one of those matches where it's just very obvious who's on who's what level which I always really enjoy as well. So, Yeah, there's there's a part where uh, Shuji punches Umeda like probably 20 times in the face, like just repeatedly. <laughs> and it's just so awesome. And I, you know, I obviously like this could have, you know, it wasn't like, it didn't intend to be like a main event style epic or anything like that. And it wasn't, yeah, they did, it wasn't super, super ambitious, but it was great for what it was for the time you know, they had, and, you know, the story of the trial series, and, you know, where each guy is on, in terms of pecking order on the card, so I can't, I have no complaints about this match, it definitely met what I wanted in it. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, all right, so let's see. That, the main event, 
Keitsusaki and Hiroshima defeating Konosuke Takashida and Shinya Aoki. Atsusaki submitting Takashida with the crossover face lock in 2243. Um, okay. First of all, I think I have to say, it, this kind of was not a great thing for Aoki. Um, yeah. He looked, he looked kind of like out of place at times. Um, I guess, I guess why, you know, I guess I understand why, you know, I mean, he's just, he's a fucking shoot fighter. who's like, what, what got like four wrestling matches under his belt or whatever. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can't expect him to, to know, you know, tag placement and tag wrestling. And, you know, he just looked very out of place at times. Um, you know, he's, he's done some really awesome stuff in DDT, but it's like, you know, singles matches where most of it is his grappling stuff, which, you know, this was the, you know, he definitely brought this match down here and I don't, I don't really even blame him. Um, but yeah, I would, I would still go like three and three quarters because, you know, it was very slow early, but it really picked up by the end. And, you know, the finishing stretch was cool. There's a, a crazy lariat by Takashita towards the end that I think from there is where pretty much where the match picks up. But, you know, it could have been a little more if maybe you had a more experienced wrestler in in Aoki's spot because he just felt like he was a little bit lost at times during the tag match. Yeah, I think this is where maybe this Kurgan suffers from me watching, like, the house shows because, yeah, they of course, they've been building with tags like the Takashita and uh, uh, Sasaki stuff for a while now. So you sort of see a lot of these same variations on stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought this one was like a really, really great matchup on paper with like, you know, Saki and Harashima teaming up seemed really interesting and Aoki getting in like a different sort of setting was interesting. I think it just didn't quite live up to, you know, the how cool the matchup was. I do think there's some interesting psychology stuff, like the way the Sasaki Harashima team sort of fell apart at times was awesome um but ultimately yeah i don't think it quite lived up to the on paper excitement of how just weird and wacky it was yeah i agree um all right so let's see would that leave us with upcoming dt shows we talked a little bit about them but let's talk about what's coming up here um the there is the free box office simulation special on February sixth. I guess that would be the next notable show with at Shinkiba. So far, the only thing booked is Shinshiro Takagi versus Soma Takao, but they tease that here because you know Takagi basically got mad at Soma and wants him to go back to being a smiley baby face. But Soma is uh not thrilled with that. He's much more satisfied as a heel, and I have to agree with him. He's a lot better as a heel. Yep, than he was <laughs> as a baby face. So shut the fuck up, Shinshiro Takagi. Um, after that, February 16th is the Ryugoku Muscle Show. We just talked about earlier. We have no idea what's on the show except for Pedro, Takaha- Pedro Takaishi's retirement match and it's him against X. So <laughs> we don't, we literally know nothing. Um, after that, the Judgment 2019 DT 22nd Anniversary Show, February 17th at Ryugoku. Um, it looks like this. Oh, actually, no, maybe. It looks like the dramatic DT order isn't on, isn't updated yet because uh, I see a couple things that are wrong. But let's just go with it anyway, I guess. Um, the opener, the Pro Wrestling Basara offer match, 
Ryuchi Ryuchi Sekin and Daiki Shimamura versus Takato Nakano and Masato Kamino. I don't really watch Basara, so I can't really tell you much about this. Do you, could you have any Basara thoughts for us, buddy? No. Okay. I have a, yeah. Oh, this okay. Skyler, can you hear me? All right. Yeah, I can, I can hear you. Um, yeah. yeah, I I have Basara thoughts in the sense that I do watch it and I've been you know enjoying it, but this sort of just I think it will be like a Shimomura sort of feature he's been you know in my mind like one of the highlights of watching Basara this year he had uh there's a really cool match at Basara 86 where he teamed up with Minu, Minoru Fujita <laughs> so I've I've been enjoying him a lot so I, I'm guessing that this will be you know something probably him and Nakano they'll probably you know get to get over with the crowd and stuff yeah it makes sense I guess um then you have the Tokyo Joshi Pro Offer match, Yuna Manase, Nodoka Temma, and Yuki Aino versus Natsumi Maki, Hikari Noah, and Miyu Watanabe. Um, Maki, of course, is the new addition to the roster, and then she's teaming up with two of the Up Up girls. Should be fun. Yeah, I mean, these matches are literally always fun. So, like, yeah. you know. This, like the Bizarre match, I think this will be like Maki's, like, you know, it will be like her getting over, basically. Because she's yeah. already had that in Tokyo Joshi Pro, like, proper shows this year. Uh, and then we get to the real show here, and it begins... Actually, well, I don't know if this is the real... I don't think this is the real order, but I'm just going to go through it. Um, Shuma Katsumata, Yuki Ueno, and Space Monkey against Antonio Honda, Jason Kincaid, and Naomi Yoshimura. Uh, first of all, great to see Yoshimura back after that terrible injury last month. But, you know, it turned out it was just like a stinger, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this should be fun. I don't it's, really need to see why it's any... Shunma's return match too. Yeah. Right. Shunma's yeah. return match. Yep. From injury. So I mean Shunma's yeah. not not a guy who's high on my list or anything. I don't really even notice that he's gone. But you know, I know some people really love him, so Yes. He he uh, he benefits a lot from like watching tag shows where he gets to like main event and do some different things. He's like a guy that like him and Ueno, funnily enough, were like two guys that really rocketed up my list last year just by watching like the smaller shows where they got to have a little more opportunities. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, then we have Akito and T-Hawk. That should be awesome. Yes, I'm very excited for this. Yeah. I mean, T-Hawk has like, been on a roll this year too. Yeah, so very exciting. Um, then we have the Goshi Osaki, Kasusada Higuchi, Okatsuki Gucci and Yukio Naya, who is uh, he's from Real Japan Pro, and he's. I was like, gonna say I don't he, know that name. I'm a fake Puro boy. <laughs> he's so okay. He's a he's a son of a famous uh, or the grandson, I should say, of a famous uh, sumo wrestler, I believe, uh, Taiho Taiho Koki. So that's like the big draw here. But he's been training in Real Japan. Let me see if he's even got a cage match profile. I don't know if he, I think he has debuted. But I don't know if he's had a lot of uh, matches yet. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't even think he has a cage match profile yet, but he definitely has wrestled because he's on some of these Real Japan pro. Like he, he was on a Real Japan show in 2017, it looks like, in December. So he's been around at least that long. But yeah, so he'll, he'll be teaming here with Goshi Ozaki and Kasada Higuchi, and they'll be taking on Daisuke Sekimoto. 
Toru Washi and Yuki Ino. It's like your big beefy lab match, yeah, basically. It's a really cool match, especially because it's like in Sumo Hall. So presumably yeah. they're playing off that a little bit. Yeah, so it should be fun. I mean, they've, they've done those types of matches in the past too, and they're usually pretty good. So um, then we have the Don Shokudino produced Euro Chara Pokotan debut match. It's Don Shokudino, Pokotan, and Kudo against Keisuke Ishii, Kota Emeda, and Mizuki Watase. It's tough to know what the fuck Pokotan's going to be. It looks like some kind of like mascot or whatever, but like, you know, who's going to be under the hood? Who knows? So yes. I'm I'm ready for anything. I'm excited. I think I think <laughs> yeah. I think Ishii Umeda and Watase is like a really fun team to be like the comedy foils. So, yeah, yeah, that goes. <laughs> so weird. Um, then we have the special hardcore six person tag match: Shinshiro Takagi, Chigusa, Nagayo, and Ryuji Ito taking on Soma Takao, Mad Polly, and Takumi Aroha. This is because the three of them teamed up like what, like 15 years ago, right? I guess I so, yeah. Long fucking time ago. I don't remember what it was exactly, but it was a, it was quite a while ago. So now the three of them are going to team up again. And Ryuji Ito is a big Japan deathmatch guy, if you don't know. But I assume by calling it hardcore, like he's not going to bring out fucking light tubes. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that. Yeah, Bandit Sumo Hall anyway, but you know. <laughs> Mad Polly and light tubes seems like a fun. <laughs> but <laughs> don't think we're going to get that. Um... The, this is a match that really tipped it off that, I, that they don't have the order on here yet, but Marafuji and Tetsuya Endo, which they definitely confirmed to the Korokans, the semi-name, which I'm very excited for. Um, they, they're going to fucking kill it, I think. I mean, yeah. I know some people don't like Marafuji, and I get it, but in a semi-main spot against Endo, I think he'll more well, than hold I, I'll say I'm not the biggest fan of either of these guys in terms of strictly <sighs> in-ring wrestlers, and I mean, Marafuji had a good year last year, and I think... I think both of them can pull out something. I mean, the thing is, I think this is an interesting matchup because if they just go balls to the wall and like, you know, in the semi-main, just do crazy shit, like it could be really good. So I'm not going to like go in and bury it just because I don't really like either guy. Yeah, I love both of them. So I'm very excited. Um, the Iron Man having metal white title, the time difference battle royal. So this, unlike... The battle royal in this past cork, and if you saw it, this will be like a rumble style battle royal. Uh, Asuka, Super Sasudango Machine, Makoto Oishi, Keisuke Okuda, Saki Akai, Kazuki Hirata, Gorgeous Matsuno, Hoshi Tango, Goto Ahashi, Yuni, Yasu Arano, El Lindeman, Scorpio X2. Who, who the fuck is that? I have I I I don't know why you're asking me. I, think, I mean, he's, I he, the thing is, yeah, he's not one of like the comedy guys that they had brought in recently. Yeah. So I don't. I, the name just like does not jump off at me at all. I don't. I don't know. Um, Yuka Sakazaki, Mina Shirakawa, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Mako Donaluto. That's a fucking Ronald McDonald guy. But yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's probably already the worst. Part of BDT, just to be honest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this fucking this this fucking match looks awesome. I'm very excited for this. This has like a lot of people, and I'm excited to say. Yeah, I really hope Scorpio X2 is somehow like too cold Scorpio in a mask. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that would really make this match pop off for me. But this is a great collection of people here. I'm excited. The KOD Tag Team Title 3-Way. Oh, it's also worth mentioning, we haven't gotten one of these on a main show in a long time. 
Yeah. I think it's been like at least three years, right? Like 2015 Peter yeah. Pan, maybe yeah, 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 yeah. 2016. It's been a while, is the point. Yeah, 2016. Yeah. KOD tag team titles, three-way match. Mike Bailey and Mao, Yuki Sakaguchi and Masahiro Takanashi, and Shima and Seki Yoshioka. That should be awesome. Yeah, this this is might be like the match I'm most excited for. I think it just could be really, really... Uh, I think Mao has... I mean, Mike Bailey to an extent, but I've always liked But Mao has really taken a step forward as like a guy who can be the highlight of any match. And I think Shima is going to be like, yeah, really trying hard in this. Like, it could be awesome. Um, and then we have the DDT Extreme title match. Shinya Aoki versus Hiroshima. Even though Shinya maybe didn't have his best night at Korokan, I still would be pretty surprised this wasn't pretty good. I mean, the first I mean, they, match was great. Yes, the first match was awesome. Like, literally yeah. can't say enough about it. It is weird that they don't have... I mean, I guess they're not doing, like, a step for this, which yeah. is fine. I, I wouldn't have minded some sort of, you know, shooty, like a KO or a submission or something like that, but... yeah. yeah. And then the main event, the KOD Openweight title, Kanosuke Takashita challenging Daisuke Sasaki. Um, I don't, I, I'm, all I'm going to say is, and I, I understand, you know, the Takashita fatigue. I, I assume he's going to win here. I, I hope he doesn't. I mean, I love Damnation. I love Sasaki. But I'm not going to freak out if Takashita wins. But we'll see. Yeah, that I, I will say that even though this match will probably be good and you know theoretically, even if Sasaki loses, there are interesting feuds for either guy to go in that in directions for. Like, I don't know. This doesn't it doesn't quite have the heat of like recent big show style matches. Even like Dino versus Sasaki felt like more of a big deal than this. And a lot of people just completely wrote that feud off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, don't know. I, mean, I think it'll be a really awesome match, probably. So that's I'm excited for it in that uh, respect. But yeah, you're probably right that it does feel like it, maybe the heat's not really there yet. So and they're kind of running out of time. So well, uh, that muscle yeah. show is going to have to do a lot of <laughs> leg work for Bill to get up. So it's a great card, though. I think. I mean, yeah. almost, almost all these cards. I I try to remember the last time. DDT put out a big show card was like, yeah. oh, that's crap. Literally, I mean, since I've started watching DDT, all of the big shows have always delivered. I actually think it's what they do best is doing like yeah. the big, crazy, you know, variety shows. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. I don't, I don't think it's a, uh, you know, this is this is what they're made for, honestly. Yeah. The way their promotion set up. Um, and then they, the only other thing to note maybe is we do have the next Tokyo Joshi Pro card or the next like bigger show for them. Be updated to the future. The future. The future. <laughs> That's really the name. Yes. Uh, February 23rd at Shinjuku Face. The return of Saki Sama. She's coming back from France. Uh, her opponent is currently X. Uh, Yuka Sakazaki and Mizuki defending the Princess Tide titles against Reika Saiki and Marika Kobashi. I am really excited about the return of i believe they're called the muscle jk bombers right or something like that yeah but but like psyche and kobashi they had some awesome matches last year before kobashi got hurt um there was one that like mid evented you know one of their tokyo joshi pro shows that was just fucking awesome so i i i hope they'll win the belts back here i don't know if they will yeah, but i love i love I, them as a team i i like them as a team better than 
I know, I mean, I know, I know a lot of people like Psyche, but I as like a singles, but I much prefer this as a team, like just yeah. this super dominant, <laughs> muscular team. <laughs> yeah, they're just a great team. And then the main event, Miyu Yamashita against Nadoka Temna for the princess title. I don't think Nadoka's winning, but it should still be pretty fun. Yeah, I, I don't really think she has much of a chance of winning based on like, yeah, the way the title has been built so far. Yeah. But there you go. So that's our little DDT look forward here. I guess we can get into the questions. The one thing with DDT is there's always something going on that's like, ah, you know. But I mean <laughs> yep, just like that. <laughs> just like that. There's always something exciting. I don't know. Like with, yes. with New Japan and WWE, it feels like there's these long periods where there's like nothing. I never really burn out on DDT, which is nice. Yeah, I don't I don't either. Um Okay, so let's get into our questions, which we did get a bunch. Oh, we didn't even mention, by the way, um, they announced their that they had a, they had previously announced a sumo hall show in November, the day after Big Japan, which is really cool. Um, yeah, where it's like all the brands are coming together. Yeah. And but yeah, now they at the cork and they announced it's now it's going to be the ultimate party with all the brands. Now they said this is going to be a long show because all the brands are on it. I want to know what that means. It's going to be a twelve-hour show because <laughs> <laughs> these Dinichi Sumo shows are already like six hours if you count the pre-show. And like, is this going to be like a ten-hour show? I it's actually very... think I'm sort of more hyped for it than usual because, like, I love having like all of my favorites just in one show. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty exciting. I mean, it's all not for November, so it's a long time, but uh, that's going to be pretty cool to have everybody there. Gambare will have a presence on that show, which is really, really cool. So we'll see. Um, okay. So let's get to some questions here. We have from, from at big boys play WCW. How long do you see Oscar being involved in DDT? Um, I don't know. Maybe they, they seem to like bring her in pretty regular, like, like on a semi, not, not on a regular basis, but they just bring her in like every few months now. So maybe she'll be like the new, like, I think, well, Cherry did sign eventually. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think the way that she's been introduced, I mean, even the way that at the house show where she came back her first match back this year, like, the way Takagi like came out to introduce her personally and like cut a promo and like put her over. And it definitely feels like they are trying to feature her in a way that they don't do for like a lot of outsiders that they just bring in from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's a, I think they're, they're definitely going to, they're definitely trying with her, which I appreciate. Um, You know, and I think she'll, the way, the, the amount of time they spent on her, I think she'll probably be there for, you know, as long as she wants to be there. Yeah. I don't think I, it doesn't feel like a short-term thing to me. Yeah, I think it's um, at least that she will be around for this year. At, at RBX2000, where does Fit Finley land in the overall position of WWE authority figures? I don't know what that means. I mean, maybe the hierarchy, how much authority he has. He's on TV a lot. Every oh, okay. time every time someone's getting beat down, Fit Finley comes out. I it's just really... thought he's like this. He's like the Mike Rotunda of this generation or whatever those, who those people used to come out, like Blackjack, Mulligan, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I really wish that whatever authority figure he did, yeah, I hope that someone builds a match at some point with him or just comes yeah. back. Uh, he also said, how pissed must David be that he didn't get a spot in the Men's Rumble? 
I mean, I'm pissed. Yeah, I love David. <laughs> he rules. He's better than Jay uh, White. So. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a hot take. Uh, RVX2000 also said, how long did it take Lana to get from the locker room to gorilla position based on the pace she set? Did Rusev carry her? Why couldn't he have carried her to the ring? I, I don't know, buddy. It's it's fake. I I had a friend that also asked the same question. Like, it would be great if Rusev like carried her to the <laughs> ring, because uh, I mean Rusev, as we know, is like the most noble gentleman in the entire <laughs> company. But yeah, maybe uh, she's just a strong. She's a strong, independent woman. Doesn't <laughs> need him. Gonna do things on her own. Yeah. At Oyster's Earrings, assuming the Princess of Princess title gets booked at the All Brands November Sumo Hall show they just announced, who do you want in that match? That's a good question. Um, oh, I don't know. I should have thought of this one better. I I want first of all, I want Miyu to still be champion. She should just be champion forever. Yes. And I mean, like, there's really no good reason to have her lose the title. Like, she really needs like it's you know Kenta Kobashi style run here, which just holds the title for like two and a half years. Um. I'm trying to think who the fuck I'd like to see her against. There's a million people I could think of because I, I really like their entire roster. But I think there's a couple people that really stand to me. First of all, if you want to do like, you know, a young person that I think could really fire up and then lose, you know, um, but still like get the shine of the spot, I would go with Marika Kobashi, who we just mentioned. Yeah. I just think she's fucking, I think she's fucking awesome. And just, I think she'd benefit a lot from the spot and, you know, she could lose and not. You know, really lose anything. If you want to go even younger, you could go with one of the up up girls, and in that case, I would go with Miyu Watanabe. I just think she has the the most, you know, um, like in ring potential. Of the yeah. Four. Um, and the other one I would go if you want if you want to have someone beat her, and go I would go back to one who they've already done. I would do Rika Tatsumi. Yeah, week is awesome, and that match was awesome. So yeah, it's going to depend on like what this show looks like. Like, is it going to be more the traditional big DDT show where they're like bringing in more outsiders, or is it going to be just like the culmination of all of these other shows? Like, would this hypothetically replace like a big Tokyo Joshi Pro, and this be like a hypothetical title change match? Yeah, who knows? So that because I mean, you could do more of an exhibition, you know, type of match or you could have someone who's like more familiar with DDT people face me you in that situation. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I would, I would say, yeah, I, th- I think that I've heard people want them to go back to the Maki Ito well again, which I think it's probably too soon for that. Yeah. And also Maki Ito is, yeah, I, I just don't think that she would ever, she would work in champion, especially to end me who's reign um, right now. But yeah, like I said, yeah, I think she, be... she, I think she can work as a champion, but she's like a 2020 champion to me. Like I think yeah. that's like the earliest you should be looking at that. Like I don't think she's like you're saying she's not the person to beat me for sure. So yeah, so yeah, we'll we'll see. I've always I've always toyed with the idea of you know doing Mako at at some point, but yeah. I. <laughs> I I don't know I don't know if it would be that show. I would think that they would probably if they were ever going to do that match, they would do it for like a big Tokyo Joshi, you know, solo show. They wouldn't burn it on like a random. Well, no, giant... if you could put boy, if you could put it like second or third from the top, I would do it. Like yeah, if you give it I, a really really big prominent spot on the on a sumo hall show, then I could yeah. see doing it there. 
Yeah. And okay. it, it, I mean, it, it's not that they've like built towards that at all, but it feels yeah. like it could happen. It doesn't feel like outside of the realm of possibility. And I mean, it would be really cool. So, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, terrorist, uh, another friend of the show, former guest. This is mostly for Skylar since I don't think John actually followed his promotion, and she was right. But I'll have more questions for later. It it was really a a tough pick there by a uh, or tough uh, assumption by Tara that I don't watch a American indie promotion. <laughs> real, uh, it was a real mystery, but. If you if you well, people if you ask if like I've watched anything American, the answer is almost always no. So I guess except for fucking WWE this one. Uh, but anyway, what do you think Swaggle's appearance during the Rumble means for AIW going forward? Well, for those who don't know, uh, Horn Swaggle, Swaggle, whatever his name is, uh, he is like a regular. He appears regularly on like the AIW podcast which is basically just like AIW's promoter just talks about like the experience of having to book an American indie and deal with like legends who think they're getting shorted money or like overhyped indie stars, like not wanting to work certain matches, stuff like that. It's really good. It's probably the best like wrestling podcast from someone who's like in the business just because John Thorne, the promoter is super honest about like, for instance, this week he talked about bringing in LA park and how (laughs) LA park repeatedly like, stiffed him for money and was taking all the free monster energy drinks from the locker room for himself (laughs) (laughs) it's just like great stories about working with these people uh so well worth a well worth a listen but hornswoggle regularly appears on it and he his gimmick basically he's very self-aware and it's basically just he shit talks all the indie workers because he's just like well obviously i'm a wwe superstar i'm the best and most famous wrestler here he talks about being in a Muppets movie, which he has paid like over a hundred thousand dollars to appear in. <laughs> there was like last, you know, last week he was on it with Eddie Kingston and was basically just talking about how he's more legendary than Eddie Kingston. He's like a more beloved wrestler. And he refers to like, of course, like Vince McMahon, Triple H, as like his personal friends and all that <laughs> stuff. And it like totally works for the podcast. It made me like really enjoy Swaggle and his appearance in the Rebel. Just the first thing I saw, Tara, Tara, me and me, we vibe on this same wavelength. Where the first thing I saw was like, man, I can't wait for him to tell the story on how this happened on the podcast. <laughs> so that's, that's a good plug. Listen to that podcast; it's excellent. Um. Okay. So I, I don't know. I had nothing. No idea what that was about, but it sounds sound pretty cool. Well, AIW also one of the first American promotions to book Space Monkey. So yeah. <laughs> Future DDT superstar. Oh, he, he was from Canada. That's right. Yeah, he he wrestles for um, Alpha One, which is a Canadian promotion. But Black Label Pro brings him in AIW, like that sort of yeah promotion. Yeah, but he's good. You'll 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 like him. He will get over. I promise. I, I, I already like him. Um, okay, so the ne- next question at JXNOX. Uh, oh, sorry. They, they follow me. I should know that. At JXNXOXO. There we go. With the announcement of Ultimate Party 2019, what interpromotional matches would you like to see? Could we get like Ishii versus Yamashita or Zami Kodaka versus Asuka or Maki Ito versus Imanari? Uh, very went heavy on the on the intergender there, too. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, like, there's a lot of, there's already a lot of crossover in DDT, but. If I was gonna, if we're gonna stick with the intergender theme, intergender theme, 
I mean, Miu Yamashita versus Kudo is the two of them just like kicking each other. That might be kind of crazy. That would be cool. Um, I, re- I really want Fuminori Abe to do something. I mean, him versus him doing like something with Sakaguchi or Umeda would be super cool. Yeah. Or, yeah. Zami, I mean, Zami Kodaka against like, I don't know, against like, I don't, has he ever done a big match with Takashita? I feel like he hasn't. Not. Not from what I can remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ken Oka should be in some sort of major yeah. role. And <laughs> Ken, Ken Oka, Ken, like Oka Dino for old time's sake or something. Yeah. something. I mean, if Ken Oka was, there was a time where he was like wrestling a little bit more for like DDT main roster. Like he was on like all the beer guardian shows and stuff where it was literally like he was the most over person on some of the shows. So yeah. I really want him to get another, you know, big show moment but all right i mean that there's just so many that like you could do yeah if they go that route i really don't care how they do it they could do that route they could have people fight each other they could just say oh here's a bunch of det matches here's basara here's tokyo joshi here's gambare i mean there's there's just so many wrestlers there that i just don't see you know that i like that i don't see how that show is not going to be awesome yeah um at private eyeball why is maki ito so great I don't know. She's Maki Ito. Don't yeah, have you, have you seen? Have you seen the memes? <laughs> <laughs> she's like a 21st century meme wrestler. Yeah. So works, the only bad thing like... she's ever done is brought in like <laughs> annoying Westerners to liking Tokyo Joshi Pro, <laughs> and then I have to hear their dumb thoughts about DDT shows. Yes. Um, she had some tweet today. I think it was, or like that got translated today. I don't know when it was actually from. Where she basically said like, if you want to, um, you know, be an idol and like not deal with creepers or uh, stalkers, just be extremely weird and like frightening, like I was. But then she was also like, but I also wasn't very popular, <laughs> so it's like a double edged sword, I guess. But that's Maki Ito in a nutshell. She was a frightening and weird idol. Uh, at Kenobi won 93. Which Battle Royal was better this weekend, and why is it the Iron Man Battle Royal? Yes, I think we both agreed. So. Yes. You know, star ratings, we don't have to talk about those, but in my heart, I think we know which one was number one. Uh, at Anwar Starwind, at what point did watching wrestling from other companies who put out varying degrees of good quality made you say this ain't it chief in relation to WWE? I mean, for me, it was like 2002. So... I'm not really one to talk. Like it's it's been a long time for me since I knew, um, since WWE was like my primary or favorite promotion. I mean, like, I when I first started watching a lot of like Toruman, which is like you know 2002. So I'm an old person and I've been watching nine WWE forever. So yeah, I mean, I started watching wrestling in 2014. So my first wrestling show was Mania 30. And then I was, like, watching the G1, like, as it happened, as everything made tape, like, that year. So I was, like, I moved very quickly, like, from WWE to, like, other wrestling. Uh, But also, like, I don't know, even though WWE is, like, morally reprehensible and generally terrible, sometimes I, like, need variety. Like, I will just watch, like, NXT TV, like, squash matches sometimes. It's, like, I watch so much Puro and Lucha and, like, American Indies. And just like sometimes you just need that like different, you know, it's almost like <laughs> like going out when you're super, super 
hot inside and you're like, oh, it's like 20 degrees outside, which sucks, but it'll feel good for like five minutes when I walk <laughs> inside. That's what WWE is for me. That's how I treat it. I mean, I liked this show kind of. I mean, that's the nicest thing I can say, I guess. But uh, I don't know. They've, yeah. they, uh, they just haven't been, they haven't been my favorite in a long time time and i guess yeah obvious i'll say their their storytelling is probably like even worse than their reputation is but i think their work rate is probably slightly better than it gets credit for and you know even for something like nxt tv you can watch like a month's worth of tv episodes if you just skip to the matches in like two hours (laughs) like that is totally in line with like what i want my schedule to be so um and then his other question was, would you accept Ibushi back as a main stay in DDT? Yeah, sure. Why not? I'm not, I'm not one of these people who's bitter about Ibushi leaving. So I'm not bitter about him leaving, but you know, to an extent, I'm just like, well, we have Mal now. Um, <laughs> like, you feel like it's moved on? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like the promotion, I feel like having like a, someone who feels like bigger than the company would just be a little weird. Yeah, that's fair. But I would love to see him come back for like one big match. Yes. If you're going to book like the dome or something, which has been rumored for 2020. I think he, I think he has to come back if they're doing the dome. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it would be like a mortal lock. And I, I, I think, I mean, who knows about this AEW deal and, you know, the politics involved with Kenny Omega, but honestly, I could see him coming back too. Yeah. That'd be crazy, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and that would be the one time where I would accept Kenny Omega. (laughs) (laughs) Just because it would be cool. Um, I I can only imagine the tweets, honestly, so. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All the people staying up for Kenny Omega, now you have to watch Hoshitango. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was so funny. Hoshitango, you have to to sit through, uh, I don't know. Hopefully there's like an (laughs) Iron Man Dino match. (laughs) You know, the giant pandas here. Uh, Yeah, these people are going to. Yeah, and I have to enjoy some DDT. Yeah, my dream is like a Kenny Omega match that's like five minute rounds, but it's like interspersed throughout the rest of the show. So yeah. you have to watch the whole show to enjoy it. Uh, at Hugs McGee, looking toward the future, who's going to win the Rumble in 2024? Uh, I, I don't know. Matt Riddle, I guess. Matt, really? He has been pushing publicly since he was like on the indies, like to that he's going to retire Brock Lesnar. And he's said it so many times that now I just really want it to happen. Matt Riddle is going to be fired by 2024 for pot crimes. That's my, that's my prediction. Okay. First of all, Rey Mysterio is still on the <laughs> roster. So. <laughs> um, and who or what is going to be the Ironman heavy metal weight champion? That's an impossible prediction. I mean, like it could be, it could be a fucking inanimate object. It could be a, a person dead or living. I, well, I really want Takashita's mom to yes. do it at some point. So, so there you go. Feels like that's a long build that they've been working to <laughs> her just becoming like a full time on screen character. I mean, we we went we didn't mention that he had another appearance at uh on the Corican, which was yeah, the most amazing. True. That look, we we said the build has been that great, but that this build did include Sasaki sending his henchmen to Takashita's family's yakitori joint and then eating, d- dining, and dashing. So that was yes. some build. That was some real <laughs> Daniel Bryan should take notes. Daniel Bryan should take fucking notes. Uh, and then finally, at the subtle doctor, 
when will these cowards at DDT get the people what they want and put the belt on Kazuki Hirata? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Probably never. Uh, isn't it, is Jesse? I feel like has said a few times that she thinks that Hirata is going to win the belt at some point. Uh, maybe, maybe if anyone yeah, wins I, it. I think toward last last year there was a time when it was like he had like the King of DDT run. And he was wrestling like more serious matches. Yeah, that was. I mean, he, that was. I talked about it on the show a lot. That yeah, was I was gonna say. I think there was an episode where you guys probably talked about it. You debated yeah. like, could he do this? Could this lead to a storyline where he like he dishes the glasses and he tries to go serious and like win the title? Um, which I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's in the cards right now. But yeah, I, I'm still waiting for Antonio Honda to get back to the top. So. <laughs> in terms of comedy guys to get into the you know serious main events yeah, that's what yeah. i like i mean we got dino so i guess anything's possible um, yeah, I guess that's true. uh all right so skylar thank you for coming on with me here um did you have anything you want to plug like i guess your twitter uh my twitter is twitter.com at twitter.com with two w's <laughs> uh and yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> what else do what else do I ever did you, have? Did, now, did you get a match of the year bout this year? Uh, no, I did not. I was snubbed by the wow. powers that be. Wow. Granted, I'm too ashamed to ask, and I would never do that. <laughs> what, what am I going to do? DM the official Voices of Wrestling account and be like, hey, can you give me... Give my fucking bout! <laughs> it's like, I know that 75% of our interactions have been me quote snarkily quote treated <laughs> with Nikki. <laughs> But I'm also gonna need a ballot. Yeah, for do you know how many, mark how many times I've had to say no? He doesn't hate you guys. He just, just yeah, yeah. Just, just me. I'm just just being me. Yeah. And literally, all I would do is just try to squeeze on lucha matches. So what's, well, you, you know, what's apparently a real like problem is that they keep they keep like trying to find lucha voters like in Mexico, and some of these people just keep like giving ballots that are like eight new Japan matches. And it's like, well, I don't know what to, they can't really blame them for not looking for the Lucha voters. The Lucha voters just keep voting for New Japan and like OTT and shit. I, uh, I really they're... hope that the 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 Zona twenty three match does well. Have you seen that match? The one that's like in a junkyard. No, I I'll link you to it. It's on YouTube. It's like a it's like a six way death match that's in an abandoned junkyard. So people are like going through car tops and it's like light tubes it's legitimately like a five-star match to me and i already made jr goldberg promise me that he would vote it like number one <laughs> so it will be on it will be on the it will be on the list don't worry all right i voted for you know matches you probably would have guessed i would vote for so yeah, Hiromu carrying a terrible wrestler to a good match. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the the typical stuff. Uh, I voted for Zami Kodaka and uh, Masashi Takeda. Yeah. You know, all that stuff. So the second best Takeda match of the year. Sorry, I'm just going to bury all of you. <laughs> what is the, the pick? Takeda and Jun Kazai? Yeah. Okay. That and match you, is that great. Just, that just missed my list, so. That, that match is like... It's like technically probably less impressive, but it's very emotional for me as like a major Kasai mark. It was a very emotional match for me. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right, so I guess then we can wrap this up. 
Um, we should have a second Omakase this week. Speaking of the match of the year, as we were just talking about that Skyler was burying my list on. Um, we're going to have a match of the year episode later this week. So that will be probably Friday, I guess. So that'll be like your bonus episode to make up for the fact that we, um, you know, did, went like nine days without an episode, even though we did a bonus episode, I think the week before that, but. Yeah, you're really. I don't think anyone is like upset that it's been nine days. We know it's for the show. The show is great, but but... okay, no one's upset because they don't they don't get to hear my voice. I know. I mean, they're like, oh, thank God. Yeah, people are like, I need this so badly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, I just it wasn't even like I was doing anything or anything. I just like could not think of anything I wanted to talk about last week. I was like, there's no shows. There's like. I want to do a draft. I just I don't know. I have to get onto the US Indies. I'm gonna start yeah. watching AIW. I'm good. All right. <laughs> Thank you for coming on, Skyler. Uh, if you can follow us on Twitter at home, uh, at Wrestle Omakase. Wrestling did not fit. And like I said, we'll be back later this week with the match of the year episode with a bunch of different guests talking their match of the year list. We voice the wrestling match of the year, like list that comes out every year. We'll be talking talking about our individual picks and going over the winners and all that good stuff. So that is coming up next until then we'll see you next time.